0: You
1: ready? 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 Watch out!
2: for the duration of the show. I am your host, Steve Kent, and we have a lot to cover tonight. We have the second round of the NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs currently underway. We also have an update on Henry Ruggs III, the former NFL player uh, who is basically Facing prison for murder, essentially. Uh, we also have an update on soccer star Lionel Messi and what is what his future may hold after winning the World Cup. Uh, we also have some surprising news out of the NBA, which we will talk about. Uh, we also got WWE backlash on tonight. Uh, we had the Kentucky Derby earlier today that we will also discuss. So first off, if you haven't done so yet, go to blogtalkradio.com slash Missy AE and subscribe there. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all of the other major podcast networks. Uh, you will get access to not just all of our. Show, you'll get access to all of our shows and any shows that we have done in the past. So I believe we have Diane on the line. Is that you, Diane? Yes. How's it going tonight, Diane?
1: Good. How are you?
2: Uh, it's it's going good. I gotta say, it's not it's not looking too good for uh, for your doubles though. Down two to nothing to yeah, you're to Carolina. Me. I know. Well, yeah, I guess I I guess it could be worse. It could be my Bruins who are uh, who committed the maybe the most epic uh, choke job in all of hockey history, uh, maybe potentially in all of sports history actually. Uh, being up three games to one with not just the best record in the league uh basically they held all the records this year only to lose in seven games in the very first round but
1: yeah
2: uh your new your new jersey devils though i mean down to nothing early on in this series to the to a severely undermanned carolina hurricanes i mean what what's go what's going on diane i'm a sure know. <laughs> By the way, by the way, I did see that Lou had called in originally. I don't know. I don't know what's uh, what's up with him uh, right now, but hopefully we can get him on here. Uh, I unfortunately I couldn't make his show earlier today because uh, some an unforeseen event ended up taking place that required my attention earlier today. So uh, no, I did tell him I wasn't.
1: You're training, did, or yeah. did you do that already? Huh? You're
2: training, or did you do that
1: already?
2: No, I did that. It was it was something uh something involving the family that uh
1: oh, I, oh yeah
2: okay yeah it was something involving the family that uh it it literally I had gotten a I had gotten a phone call like thirty minutes before Lou's show because I was already okay. planning on okay. calling him and.
1: Okay, I need
2: to go to real beach. No, I'm not going to go into. Yeah. Detail, but I got to. I got. Yeah, uh, but yeah, you know you're, you're New Jersey Devils. I gotta I gotta tell you, it just seems like after beating the New York Rangers in the first round in seven games, there's there there there's no. So, you know, there's no sign of that same New Jersey Devils team so far in this second round. Yeah. And you would think that with Carolina being down, like, three players, that New Jersey would, would at least have the edge in terms of uh, as, as far as injuries went. Mm-hmm. So it it is it is really confusing actually right now when when it comes to the New Jersey Devils. Uh but they are they are down two to nothing in their best of seven series. Uh then again, they were down two nothing against New York as well, and we saw what happened there.
1: With yeah, they the won't. New
2: York Rangers coming uh with yeah. the New York Rangers I'm dropping that league. <laughs> Do you think I'm uh hand, do you think New Jersey uh could potentially do the same, Diane? Yes. I mean, hang on the
1: hang i sure you mean.
2: Well, I would I would hope that they would be able to do the same considering the fact that it, you know, Carolina they almost dropped their series in the first round to the Islanders. Uh but with the Devils you know the devils are a, are a far better team than the islanders are so it, it, it's i don't know if it's because this is New Jersey's first time back in a long time but it uh, this uh, this really isn't the devil's team that people were used to seeing uh the, throughout this entire season and as well as even even the uh the first round uh Last round. So I I do. I do hope, though, that New Jersey makes this a uh, an interesting round. I I would hate for Carolina to take four to take four straight.
1: Yeah, me too. (laughs) Uh,
2: But some of the uh, with obviously game three being tomorrow, uh, some of the stats here to. For the the last five games, Eric Howla has led the way in goals for the New Jersey Devils with three goals in his last five games. Uh, Nico Heischer leads the way in assists with three assists. And McLeod is the leading plus-minus guy of the last five games with a plus-three rating. In Carolina's case, uh, Hughes, let me see. Both, Jack and Luke. Both, both of them? Let's see. Uh, Jack Hughes, yeah. through nine games, he has three goals, two assists. Uh, Luke, Luke is scoreless, but that's, that's because he's a defenseman. So, uh, doesn't necessarily – actually, he hasn't even played a single game yet in the playoffs. Oh, wow. Yeah, he hasn't played a single game yet. It's basically uh, Ball, Graves, Hamilton, Marino, Severson, and Siegenthaler have seen all of the action so far. Well, I think you know. I think the thing to look at uh, as well so far in this playoffs is Luke Hughes. He literally just signed his contract with, like, a week left in the regular season. So it could be possibly that New Jersey doesn't want to rush him right out there. Uh-huh.
1: What about Vanic? Uh,
2: Vanacek? Oh. Is that the guy from the Capitals? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's the one – uh through five games in net this postseason so far, he has an 0-2 record. hmm And, uh, let's, yeah, let's just say that his numbers are terrifying, to say the least. An 83.6 save percentage and a 4.03 goals against average. Needless to say, not something that you want from a goaltender. Oh, is
1: he the going
2: out? <laughs> uh... Yeah, but they've been going, He's one of the goalies. They've been going with Schmidt, though. I think during this during this run that they've had. Oh,
1: okay. What
2: about Miles Wood? Is he still a double? Wood. Let's see. Yeah, yeah Miles Wood. Yeah, Miles Wood. Yeah, he's he's played in five games so far, and he has a, and he has a goal in the playoffs this year so far. mm-hmm. Isn't he a goalie? No, he's a, uh, he's a forward. He's a left winger.
1: He's a forward. Okay.
2: Yeah. Uh, the goalies they have are Bernier, Bernier, who is on injured reserve, so he's probably not going to see any playing time at all. Uh, Mackenzie Blackwood, who I think... Was the goaltender this year, so he's probably not going to see any time. So, if anything, the goaltending duties uh, for the remainder of the playoffs will be between Schmid and Vanacek. Vanacek Schmidt. Uh,
1: Schmid?
2: Yeah. Now on the hurricane on the hurricane side, uh, the last five games. Seth Jarvis has led the way with three goals for them in the last five. Sebastian Ajo has led the way with four assists and also a plus-seven rating. Uh, goaltenders, comparing the two sides, Antti Ranta has a 3-2 and two record in the postseason in the last five games with a 2.59 goals against average and a 90.68 percentage. While Schmid has a four and three record with a two point three zero goals against average and a ninety two point one save percentage, so at least at least it's looking good goaltending wise um, when it comes yeah. to the double. Yeah,
1: obviously they're ringing.
2: All righty. Let's see the the next uh, the next series. Well, actually, we do have one series that's currently still underway tonight with the Edmonton Oilers looking to even up the series with the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas took Game One, and the Oilers currently lead five to nothing in Game Two after after two periods of play. So. Safe to say that the Oilers are going to tie this one up uh, yeah, over the Vegas Golden, the Knights. Golden
1: Knights. Jill.
2: Yeah, I do think I do think that the Golden Knights should be able to come away with the victory here. Well, with the victory overall in the series, hopefully, uh, considering mm-hmm. how they fared in Game One, despite four goals by Leon Dreisaitl, the Golden Knights were somehow able to take game one. So
1: mm-hmm.
2: even though they're yeah, getting pummeled yeah. here in game two, I would expect them to put up uh, more of a fight in game three.
1: Yeah, right, Look Was he a different team before the Golden Knights?
2: Oh, no, he's, a, he's an Edmonton Oiler.
1: Oh, he's an Edmonton Oiler.
2: Yeah, okay. despite, despite him, despite him scoring four goals for the Oilers, somehow uh, the Vegas Golden Knights were able to were able to hold on and win okay. for game
1: one.
2: Okay. Now, uh, some other some other series that are going on in the second round here. The Toronto Maple Leafs, they find themselves down 2 to nothing over the unlikely Florida Panthers. The eighth-seeded Florida Panthers, who dethroned the Boston Bruins in the first round, now have a 2 nothing lead going back to Florida for game three over the Toronto Maple Leafs. And chances are, they could push Toronto to the brink with a win tomorrow night. I'm
1: guessing. I'm taking the Panthers on this one. <laughs> um, do yeah. you think the Panthers are more of a threat now since they beat the Boston the Bruins?
2: Yeah, you know, I I think with them getting Sam Bennett back in the series against the Bruins, it completely turned the tide. For that Florida Panthers team that were looking like, I mean, they literally ju- they just barely made it into the playoffs as it is. So for them to come back from being down three games to one against Boston, and now they have a two nothing series lead over Toronto, you know, because Toronto and Boston were the two best teams in the Eastern Conference or the two of the best teams in the eastern conference i think florida has a legitimate shot if they can get past toronto that means they would probably face the hurricanes and i think they could potentially match up real well with uh with carolina if carolina ends up uh, defeating new jersey i
1: hope that doesn't happen no i, no, ho- I hope, hope that doesn't happen
2: yeah, I hope New Jersey can somehow can somehow come back and beat Carolina, but uh, you know anything's possible. Anything's possible, obviously. Even though it's a two nothing series lead right now for Carolina, uh, New Jersey basically they they have to make sure they win every game at home, win every game at home, and somehow be able to steal one on the road. If you can steal at least one from Carolina. While winning all of your games at home, you'll be fine. Yeah, the Devils do
1: good
2: at home. <laughs> yeah, so that you know that that just leads me to my point. It's it's possible that you know they uh, it's possible that they can that they can potentially still come back from this uh, despite being down two nothing right now in in the series. Mm -hmm. Now, the other series that is also going on right now, the Dallas Stars and the Seattle Kraken are tied at one game apiece with game three set for tomorrow night. And the Seattle Mm -hmm. Kraken, they're coming off of a surprising upset over last year's Stanley Cup winning champions, the Colorado Avalanche, which I got to tell you, you know, it's entirely possible that you could put – if if Seattle can somehow get through Dallas, you could see Seattle as a potential dark horse in the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. I mean, for a team that's only in its second year as an expansion team, mm-hmm. they're really, really, you know, they're, they're proving to be a lot bigger of a force than people were anticipating them to be.
1: Yeah, I'm taking the Kraken.
2: Yeah, I you know I think I I I I ultimately think that the Kraken will get past the Stars, even though the Stars have a, have an elite goaltender, uh, you know the the Kraken are a lot younger and honestly, you know, they have uh, from what i've seen in certain games this year the Kraken have had you know, they, they they've they've uh they've had, you know, some some bit of scoring punch this year okay. compared to what we've seen uh, from them last year. And um, Lou, well, welcome to, welcome to the show tonight, Lou. Uh, apologies hey for uh, apologies for missing earlier today. Hopefully you got my uh, my message. No, I didn't, actually had. Yeah, I, I had a uh, I had a, an emergency come up that I had to uh, I had to take care of business. So. Um, awesome. yeah, I'm
3: glad everything's okay now, though.
2: Yeah, everything everything's okay now. It's uh, yeah. it was just it was just horrible timing, basically, for it to happen.
3: Yeah, still a decent crowd though. So that's it. You mentioned about the Kraken, but boy, if I got news for you! We just found out from a source that uh, the oh, Rangers fired their coach.
2: Oh, I know. It, 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 it I I don't know if it's the right move, honestly.
3: No, no, of course not. The right move. That's re- that's ridiculous. It also didn't make sense um, with another uh, coach firing from um, the NBA when they when they uh, when they fired uh, the, the the Bucks coach bulldozer. Yeah,
2: Mike Budenholzer.
3: Well, you call him bulldozer. I call him bulldozer. So, you, but you get the idea. <laughs> I mean, look, yeah. the best regular season record that they had the league's best regular season record, and they fired him just two years after they won the championship. All right, so. Galant, you know, okay, he didn't give us a championship, but he gave us to this conference finals last year, and all of a sudden, yeah, you're going to fire him. You're gonna fire well, they're going to fire season.
1: the players.
3: Well, the point is that but that was a premature move by the team to do that. Yes, I mean, they're only was, looking yes, at what happened. I'm season. Not disagreeing
1: with you there.
3: Well, thank you. But, you know, you're sometimes right. I think they fire and, and it's for the wrong reasons.
2: Yeah, oh, no. Yeah, they definitely fired him for the wrong. Yeah. Like, they're basically pinning Budenholzer as the scapegoat for the, for the Milwaukee Bucks being eliminated yeah. in the first round, even though a lot of people, that Giannis was injured for a majority of yeah. the first round.
3: And that's what might have caused you know, them to lose the first round because Giannis is a star player, but then he can get Milton too. But I guess you can't have Milton without Jonas.
2: Yeah, I mean, honestly, you know, you take a look, take a look at Budenholzer's record. Yeah. Uh, obviously, obviously, we re- we remember uh, what he did in Atlanta. You know, he got all the way to the conference finals in Atlanta, putting up a 60 win season there uh, mm-hmm. before coming to Milwaukee putting up a 60-win season, losing in the conference finals, then losing in the conference semifinals before finally winning his first NBA title. Granted, it was a shortened season, but still, it, it, it is a legitimate, you know, a That's legitimate good. title. Uh, and I believe that was against – wasn't that against the Warriors, I think? Yeah. No, that was against the Suns actually the Sun. yeah it was against monty williams and the phoenix suns uh i forgot that was one of the years that the warriors were in the <laughs> lottery if i remember correctly yeah. but uh you know i just i i just i can't i don't understand making boot and holes be the fall guy because
1: yeah.
2: you take a look ever since Milwaukee hired him, they mm-hmm. they they had made at least the conference semi finals. This was literally this was his first time losing in the first round since being with Atlanta. Mm. And I mean let's be honest Giannis, you take away Giannis from the Milwaukee Bucks, and yeah. you know that's a completely different series. I, I don't care if the Miami Heat didn't have Tyler Harrow. The Miami Heat can can withstand not having Tyler Harrow more than the Milwaukee Bucks can stand not having Giannis. Yeah. You can say
3: it's Harrow. I thought it was Hero,
2: but okay, I get the point though. Yeah, hero hero uh you know i don't know i don't know how they how they Well he arrived
3: with zero so i thought it would be a better fitting Yeah it's oh, yeah, yeah. Guess, you know that's another thing it is he's
2: this very decent decent Tyler help. how yeah,
3: yeah, he is hello zero I mean, is the
2: case he you mm. know he he is decent um I don't think he's. I, don't, I honestly don't think he's worth the contract that they signed him to. But uh, you yeah, know, he, oh, <laughs> I mean, it was. I I think if I if I remember correctly, it's around twenty million a year. But let me double check. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. four years, one hundred and thirty million. So actually, it's thirty million a year. Almost.
1: Okay.
2: Which, right? I mean, it's uh, he averages twenty points per game, but you know that uh, that's the type of money you would give to somebody like Jimmy Butler, right? Who okay. thinks? I I just he's the uh, leading scorer for the Miami Heat. Miami Heat.
3: Okay. Hey, but I you
1: know,
2: I just. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's basically the LeBron of
3: the Miami Heat,
2: essentially. Right.
3: LeBron. How gotcha. about the Michael Jordan? Never LeBron. How about the Michael Jordan? Right. Okay. Yeah. We'll gotcha. Go. I mean,
2: I would have said Dwayne Wade was the Michael Jordan of the Miami Heat, but okay. Okay. I mean, we can you know we can we can we can call uh, Jimmy Butler that. Okay. Yeah. But
1: you know, gotcha. <laughs> it's just.
2: I I don't I don't understand why Budenholzer was made the scapegoat because no ever since Budenholzer okay. came into town who should have
1: been made the scapegoat
2: well it's on the players
1: yeah yeah but you can't a, fire the players can you?
2: No, but you can find no. a way to tune. You can find you can find a way to tune your uh to tune your team. Like yeah. for example, oh, yeah, that's
1: true. Yes, Like, but for example, if or, your
2: star player
1: is injured, there's ain't really much you can do there.
3: Yeah, well, exactly. I need you need to get Right.
2: So it's like, say, for example, uh, the New York Yankees, if. If they had a if they had a good season uh under Joe Torrey but they lost because Derek Jeter was injured a majority of the of the uh playoff right. series. You don't put that loss on Joe Tory. You, you you know, you don't you don't make Joe Tory the scapegoat. You put that I'm loss on the other players.
1: Joe Torre. Mm-hmm.
2: Wait, did they fire Joe Torrey? Or did, I thought Joe Torrey no. stepped uh, stepped away left. from the team. He left. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought he I thought he left, not uh, oh, not no. a firing. No.
1: Okay, he left.
2: But anyway, regardless, though, and and not to mention Budenholzer was coaching all the mid while one of his brothers died in a car accident.
1: Yeah. During oh. During that
2: during that first round. So you know, his head obviously is probably not all there.
3: Oh of course not. Yeah. It
2: it, 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 ju- it just makes it makes the firing of him look even worse.
1: What you don't fire
3: some of his brother and on No, but that was only one factor why he why uh, maybe the Bucks lost. I mean you know, the Greek Freak was, the Greek freak's injury, I think, really, you know, solidified uh, how they went down in the first round. Because when you don't be your best player, I mean, it's it be awfully hard, you know, to, to win a series like that. Yeah. Now, Gerard
2: Gallant, on the other hand, with the New York Rangers. I don't know. I, I don't know if, if if there's something the league has against Gerard Gallant or something, but
3: yeah, pretty
2: much, almost every single job that. Well, okay, I shouldn't say every single team, because yeah. I mean there there was a case for him to be fired from Florida having an 11 and 10 record mm-hmm. uh, years back before he had joined Vegas, but then he joined yeah. Vegas. Led them to the Stanley Cup Finals his first year, lost in the first round his second year, and then he had a twenty four nineteen and six record midway through the season when he when he got fired there. Now, two seasons yeah. with the Rangers, he had a total record of ninety nine forty six and nineteen, and yet you find, which was good for two hundred and seventeen points total. And yet you fire him. I'm pretty sure it wasn't a two. I'm pretty sure it wasn't a two year deal. He, he
3: had two years left on the deal.
2: Yeah. So it, it just it does not make any sense whatsoever no. that they decided to uh, that they decided to let go of him and part and mutually part ways, basically. Morons. I mean, he led them to the conference finals last year where they lost yeah. to Tampa. And uh, granted, they lost in seven games to the Devils in the first round this year. At the same time, you brought in players like Patrick Kane and Vladimir Tarasenko.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's not the coach's fault the players couldn't get it done. No. Is it the players' fault? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it is the pla you know, it is the players' fault. I mean, uh, you know, Chris Drury, the general manager of the Rangers, he did all he could to make them a content to, you know, make them That's a serious the Stanley Cup contender. Which I mean, to be honest, you know, looking at that team on paper, the only one thing I think they made a mistake on was not addressing their defense a little bit more. Yeah. But other than that, they looked on paper like they could be a potential serious Stanley Cup contender. Uh, then again, you know, so did my Bruins. But we obviously all know what happened there. And, yeah. Uh, you know, here's, here's something I want to bring up, Lou, because I was yeah. going to bring this up. if I If I had called in earlier today, this is what I was going to bring up. If you're if if you have a Vezina Trophy goaltender who Mm -hmm. is clearly showing signs of of a struggle, like he like he doesn't look like his normal self, wouldn't you go to the backup?
3: I would. Are we talking about anyone in particular here? Uh, yeah, you know, Linus
2: Olmark is the. Odds-on favorite to be the Vezina Trophy goaltender this year for the best ah, goaltender, goaltender, goaltender in the league. Mm-hmm. With, uh, I mean, he had like, I you know, I can't I can't say his record right off the top of my head, but, uh, yeah. you know, he was he put up one of those all-time seasons, a forty, a forty-win season with with a record of forty-six and one. With a 1.89 goals against average and a 93.8 save percentage, then in the playoffs he went three and five. Wait, that doesn't make. Oh, that's career playoffs. Uh, yeah. Wait a minute. Hang on. So this year he had a three and three record with a 3.33 goals against average and an 89.6 save percentage. And I will tell you this, Lou. Yes, he looked really really slow out there.
3: He did, didn't he?
2: Yeah, I mean... Yeah. There were goals that he allowed in the playoffs that normally would have been saves in the regular season. He just looked incredibly slow
3: out there. He did.
2: And... He refused to talk about his injury to, with the media, which makes me think that he may he may have had a labrum tear. I'm almost wondering, which mm-hmm. if that's the case, that's the same injury that ruined Tuka Rask's career. Oh yeah. So. Oh
1: yeah.
2: I'm wondering. I'm wondering if that might, if we may have a, a similar situation here. Hopefully not. Uh, mm. Because chances are, the Bruins are going to have to move. They're going uh, to have to go away from one of their goaltenders. Mm. And in my opinion, Jeremy Swayman would be the would be the uh, you know would be the cheaper option. And I mean, Jeremy Swayman this year. Thirty-seven games, twenty-four yeah. wins, six losses, and four overtime losses. Goals against average of two point two seven, and a save percentage of ninety-two percent. So it's not like yeah. he was some scrub that they couldn't go to. So it just it, it dumbfounds me, Lou, how i too. How they could let a historic season. Basically, basically, go right down the drain, all because the head coach doesn't want to make a goaltending change until game seven.
3: Yeah, he should have done that ahead of time. He was, I'll he tell you right not you, okay. you
1: have
2: done that? Mm-hmm. I would have done it after game five. Yes, actually, no. I would have done it in this after the second period of game five. When mm-hmm. the game was still in reach, I would have put I would have put Swayman in because at least you have to at least yes. give your team the chance. Mhm. And Swayman, you know, it, it, even though he lost Game Seven, it's not like he was ma- it's yeah. not like he was uh, he was playing bad. He was actually playing good. He was a big reason why the Bruins were even still in the game in Game Seven. Yes, I mean that game could have been over a lot quicker if he didn't make some of the saves that he had made uh, in Game Seven. So, in my opinion, the Game Seven's loss is on the defense. It's not. It's not on Swayman. There were a hell of a lot of different uh, opportunities for the Bruins to close it out, and the defense just completely crumbled. Mhm so i'll- t- I'll tell you this Lou, I-, I was so pissed off about the uh about the loss that I didn't even care yeah. that the Boston Celtics lost game one to the to the sixers the very next night. I was still more pissed off about the Boston Bruins losing game seven that I did not Ugh. give a shit whether or not the seventy sixers won.
3: I was very shocked myself
2: oh the entire, the entire NHL was because now the, you know, the field has been completely opened in the NHL I mean of the teams you have left you have Edmonton Vegas, Carolina New Jersey, Toronto Florida and Seattle and Dallas now the entire field is completely opened. Yeah. So, oh, and by, by the way, Diane, uh, an update on Luke Hughes. Uh, he will make his playoff game, his playoff debut in Game Three.
1: Okay.
2: Uh, little brother. So the Devils, the Devils are making some changes. Okay. When's
1: Game Three?
2: Uh, Tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow
3: okay. at three thirty. Okay. So Jack's little brother is going to is going to do it tomorrow, huh?
2: Whoa. what was
3: that? Jack's little brother is going is going to do it.
2: Yeah, yeah, he's going to make it, he's going to make his playoff debut at least according to NHL dot com. It says here. Well, you
3: can't go wrong with that.
2: Yeah. What are your What are your thoughts, Lou, on that series? Because Carolina is severely undermanned, and yet the Devils Devils have gone back to how they started the first round.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. have all over again, Steve. I mean, they're they're, literally coming up any
1: offense.
3: Yeah, but they're always playing better at home. I don't see this, you know, dead in the water yet. I mean, they said the last series when they were outshot, you know, uh, ten to two in the last series, so um, I'm not looking for this uh going to be lying down right now. I still think they got some fight left in them, especially now at their home. Yeah, me too. They've always been better at home uh, this season. So, if Carolina, if Carolina does manage to win tomorrow, yeah, then I would think that the Devils have something to worry about. But um, you know, they got these next two games at home, and you know, they have the last line change. Which they didn't have in the in the in the first two games, and that might make a difference from there. As the coach. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that that is true. That 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 can yeah. prove
2: to be very key in uh, especially in home games. Yeah. Now, uh, one, of the other, uh, one of the other series, uh, Toronto and Florida, the Toronto Maple Leafs, they're already down 2-0. Yeah. They will be without their prized prospect, uh, Matthew Knees, who is out with a concussion. And from what it sounds like, it sounds like uh, after suffering it from uh, the hit by Sam Bennett in game two, uh, he could yeah. be out for the remainder of the series. Which, which would be pretty big for Toronto, and uh, yeah, I mean it's bad enough they're already down two nothing to Florida, but not having you know the the guy who's going to be their winger of the future, I mean that's a pretty significant loss.
1: All right, well I'm just going to oh, be yeah, pushing. Steve. Do you think Florida is more of a team to look at now as a threat because they beat
3: Boston? Yes, I do. I do think it's a threat. I mean, because nobody nobody gave Boston a chance. Um, Florida a chance, guy. I mean, they just barely they just barely qualified to get into the playoffs, and they pull off the greatest upset in hockey playoff history. So, if they can beat you know a team like Boston, I think they can beat anybody.
2: Okay. Yeah. No I, you know, I was about to ask you that, Lou, because uh, you know, Florida, it seems like ever since they got Sam Bennett back in game two against Boston, uh, you know, this has been a completely different Florida Panther team than yeah. what we had seen for pretty much most of the regular season.
3: One good player is all it takes on linebacker really change it around. And with the uh, of Bennett, it help.
2: And not just that, but also Sergei Bobrovsky has completely turned back the clock.
3: Oh, taking inside. inside. I mean a, f-
2: a five and one record in the playoffs so far. Oh. Now, granted, his goals against average is horrible, three point three three, but his save percentage, you know, ninety point eight percent. And I mean, honestly, at this point, you know, if I'm if I'm Florida, I know there was a tease about potentially having a goaltender rotation. But yes. Bobrovsky seems like he's on a different level right now. You know, even if even if Florida loses Game Three, I would still stick with Bobrovsky moving forward
1: because
2: he's the much more experienced goaltender. uh, And and from what it appears, at least, it appears like he's back to his old self, which was, you know, basically the – he was the dominating goaltender that he once was with Columbus and with Philly. So, yeah, you know, I would definitely – uh if I was Florida, I would definitely move forward with him. Yeah. Now, uh the one thing I do have to say about Florida, Florida, now this uh, let's keep a, put a little disclaimer out here. This may and yes. this may entirely sound like I am very bitter, which let's let's be real, I am bitter. But of course. it does seem like Florida is playing awfully dirty. Not just against Boston, but also against Toronto in this series. For one, Matt Kachuk got a—you know—he cross-checked. He uh, he cross-checked Garnett Hathaway of the Bruins from behind in the back of the ribs. Did not get suspended at all. All he did was he got fined the maximum amount of money, which is five thousand dollars. And ultimately, you know, that instead of the Bruins closing it out, you know, that ultimately kept Florida in it. And there's been a couple a couple of things that have occurred in this series so far through two games that it just it almost seems like it almost seems like there's no discipline whatsoever if a Florida Panther is involved. No. Do you
3: think the refs favor certain teams?
2: Uh yeah, I think they definitely do favor certain teams. Um, I mean, the, you know, there were uh, j- just uh, and, and actually no, I shouldn't say the refs because uh, those those suspension calls are not on the refs; those are on the league. And you know, for a guy for a guy who's the director of player safety like uh like george per- i don't know if george Perro is still mm. is still the head of player safety but basically the head of the head of player safety is mm. the you know he was pretty much a goon for the most part a goon oh yeah throughout okay. his throughout his nhl career
1: so
2: you know, for for people who don't know what a goon is, a goon is basically he. They're an enforcer essentially. They're not, you know, they're playing the game because of their physicality as opposed to their, you know, the, the, yeah. it's not like they have skill. They basically
3: are certain players okay. goons.
2: Uh yeah. I mean, you know, every team has has at wow. least one goon on their sure. team because they're they're you know they're enforcers. They're they're meant it's to, like to basically man, they're meant to basically protect their uh, you know to protect their teammates. If Kachuk was a goon,
3: oh hmm, yeah, Kachuk
2: is definitely a goon. But a goon. you know, Kachuk is different because Kachuk. Kachuk is, is a Kachuk. goon who
3: can actually score. Yeah. Well I, mean, I well, I mean, I don't know if his son is like that, but you know, Keith, you know, he was a goon.
2: Oh, Keith, yeah, Keith,
3: You're too to remember that. Uh, we're,
2: yeah, we're we're talking about we're talking about Keith Kachuk, who who was a uh, a former NHL player uh, for multiple teams.
3: Okay. Oh. and there was another one from Police in the two thousand series that was a that was a duel against the devils and he got he got you know he got what was coming over that game. Was he a devil yeah. so this
1: was against the devils?
3: Yes, it was. In a, in a playoff game guy. Oh. Do
1: the devils have run <laughs> over
3: uh. Not not today, but back in the um back in the old days uh, maybe. Oh, maybe that's what's happening. Yeah, on
2: yeah. Yeah, you know, I don't know if I would. I don't know if I if I would consider any of the devils on the goon uh on the goon list at any uh. How about the? You know, at green? any point right now.
1: Maybe that's what, maybe that's what the devils need to bring a goon.
3: Yeah. If of the Islanders maybe we should bring back Mike Bossy. Nah. Never mind. Well, what's
2: wrong with him? Well, the uh, he was a goon. To be fair, Lou, the Islanders need more than a goon to uh, to fix things there. Well, yeah. Put me in your know, on on no. The devils. No, too old, guys. Too old. Okay. All right, they they have a lot more problems uh than most All teams players. do with the Islanders. I mean, hell, one of their one of their players, uh one of their one of their young players apparently wants mm-hmm. out of town you know, they apparently want uh to trade one of their young players, which makes absolutely yep. no sense. So Right. Uh, yeah, but Yeah, like more than they want to trade them too. Uh well, I don't know. But apparently uh, they were looking at trading Matthew Barzell uh, at the trade deadline at one point, but apparently, you know, nothing ever nothing ever came through when it came to that. So, yeah. Well,
3: not getting,
2: oh <laughs> you know, though, one of the other uh, interesting things that we saw happen, speaking of coaching firings, yeah. the Flames, they moved on from Daryl Sutter. A
3: multiple-time Stanley Cup champion. Yeah, but the Flames are horrible.
2: Yeah, I mean they had they had ninety-three points this year. They missed the playoffs. Uh, They were they were eliminated in the second round last year. But this is a guy with proven coaching experience, though with with you know proven uh, playoff experience. Yeah. Maybe
3: he'll go to the Rangers. Yeah. yeah. You know, I wouldn't rule out the top Rangers top
2: uh, depend, depending on, on if Daryl if if Sutter wants to continue coaching.
1: Right.
3: Are the Flames the worst hockey team? Or is there something no, worse than them? They're pretty bad, but still.
1: Okay, apparently there's something worse than the Flames.
3: Oh yeah,
2: San Jose. Oh yeah. Okay. San Jose, Chicago. Okay. Chicago is at. Chicago is pretty close to the bottom of the barrel. Uh, Columbus. The yeah. Oh, Columbus.
3: you know that's that's what what they, they were, were a good too. team. At one point. They were
1: Chicago. No, Columbus.
2: Yeah, they were. Mhm. Chicago was a good team at one point, uh, but with Patrick Kane moving on and now Jonathan Pays uh saying his goodbyes, uh he's basically, you know, whether or not he does play next year it'll be it won't be with the uh Chicago Blackhawks. So
1: mm-hmm.
2: Needless to say, you know, it's it's kind of a changing of an era in certain aspects. Uh right. For example, you know the Bruins. The Bruins. Uh, David Krejci has to make a decision, and if he if he isn't on the Bruins next year, then he will not be on any team next year. He will retire oh. again. Uh, Bergeron he, has to mean, make a decision. Again,
1: he's already retired
2: Monk. Yes. Yeah, kind of because he he left the NHL. Uh, Let's see. Not this year, but the previous year, he had played in uh, in Czechoslovakia, in the Czech Republic.
1: Right. right.
2: And the reason being was because he didn't want to play for the current for, for that Bruins head coach, who is now the head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights. Mm-hmm. So, once they fired Cassidy and Montgomery came in. Then that basically, you know that that basically changed uh, Krejci's mind. So not only not only does Krejci have to make a decision, but also Bergeron now has to make a decision whether or not yeah. they want to continue their careers, or because both have said that they will not play for another team. They will I, they will only be Boston Bruins, or they will retire.
3: Do you think maybe if Bergeron was healthier, it would have made it, it would have made a difference in how the result turned out? Uh honestly, yeah. I mean, he had a herniated disc. I thought so. That's
2: why he missed most of that. Uh, that's why he missed most of that. Uh, you know, mo- most of that first round. Yeah.
3: I think you. I think it would have been healthy. That would. That would have that's been over earlier. Yeah,
2: I think it, I think it possibly would have been over earlier, and also it would have been over yeah. if they had made if they had made the goaltending change as well. That too. But uh, let's bring in Alex. Uh, Alex, how are you doing?
0: Hey, what's up, guys? Lou, sorry, man, I couldn't make it earlier. I was on the road. Hope you had a good show, though, man. I did. Good, good, Actually, good.
3: I did have
0: a respectable crowd. Awesome, man. You deserve it. Well done.
3: Right.
0: Yeah, man, I just I, joined in a couple of minutes ago, Steve. Cool subject. Um, what I mean, just a terrible uh, collapse, I guess, by the Bruins. I mean, you guys gave some good insight on uh, Bergeron and just the other really oh, key yeah. player
2: that they, they might lose. I don't know. Oh, yeah. You know, they may lose multiple key players. Uh, Bergeron, Krejci. Hey. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi, who was a big
3: contributor, oh, yes. oh he, yeah, oh uh, yeah,
2: he's set to be a free agent. Uh, Dmitri Orlov has already mentioned wanting to go back to Washington, so Man. you know, chances are he's gone. Uh, there's there's quite a few big name free agents that the Bruins basically <laughs> emptied out the <laughs> cupboard when it came to draft picks. That you know they need to make they need to make a lot of decisions this off season, which may include potentially trading the upcoming Vesna Trophy winner Linus Olmark. Oh wow! And, and as you guys have yeah. pointed out before, he had a perfect year and then started I mean,
0: stumbling on I mean, big time in the playoffs. What a, what a what a terrible collapse, man! That that plus loss. Yeah. God, like that like the best shot of uh they've had in years, <laughs> and that's like the windows has might have something to be closed again.
3: Yeah.
0: It's, uh, uh, I, uh, I mean, just ho- I put mean, it this way, you know, Alex. Hopefully, it's a, it's a great franchise. I mean, ho- fingers crossed for you and the rest of the fans. Hopefully, they can figure out how to, like, bring their key guys back and make another run.
1: Mm. I, I
0: talked to a friend, and they said never. no one in the history of hockey has won uh, after having the best regular season record. Never won the cup. That, that's crazy. I didn't know about that. Yeah, it's the president's trophy curse, basically. President's, president's, yeah. Actually, a neighbor out here in uh, in Florida. Yeah, the curse. Really, really, what a what a statistic that is. That would be like, that would be like in the NFL, no one ever winning a Super Bowl is the one seed, or just what a crazy what a crazy fact.
2: Yeah, so you know, it, it really do, it really does make you wonder, uh, you know, just exactly. I mean, we've seen we we saw when Florida Florida won the was won the President's Trophy a couple seasons ago, and they were looking like they were going to be uh, odds-on favorites for the Stanley Cup that year, and they ended up being eliminated in the first round. Uh, we all, we all also remember what happened with Tampa Bay, you know, when Tampa yeah. Bay oh, yeah. had tied the record a couple of years ago and oh. they got uh they got swept in the first round that year yeah mm-hmm. crazy it's almost like a curse <laughs>
0: well it, it, it is. is actually it is <laughs> it actually is yeah <laughs> it's like if you finish first you're not uh finishing uh with the cup yes,
3: yes. very few exceptions
0: that's amazing that'd be the only pro sport i would imagine where that's 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 the case
3: but, Alex, this was historic because this had, you know, the best regular season in NHL history, and it collapsed like that. Yeah,
0: you're and right. Yeah, it's is a, the, is
3: a tragic, epic performance.
0: Much, yeah, much stronger. It's how point the than what I mean, so. Not just the best record, but, like, the best record ever. So, it makes yeah. it even uh, much worse. Yeah. I don't know. You guys yeah. described pretty- it pretty well. Bergeron was banged up, and then uh, the goalie was banged up. Not to make excuses, but if you're like one of your best skaters and your best goalie is hurt, that's a rescue for disaster.
2: Yeah, but he he refused to disclose uh, the extent of his injury as well. Uh, He was basically, it seemed to me like he was very confrontational with the media on media day. So, you know, he was dealing with some sort of injury, whatever injury it was. I think it was a labrum okay. tear, which explains why he was oh, so slow. To be terrible, yeah. Which it was basically just like what happened with Tuka Rask a couple of years ago, wow. where you know he he had suffered a labrum tear and he just wasn't the same during the playoffs, and it it it, it was basically basically rinse and repeat oh, yeah, of that.
0: Such oh. bad timing, too. Oh.
2: Have that happen, and if it like, is a tear, yeah, if it is a tear, that could potentially end Olmark's career because it did two and, that, and
0: and and he had it like he had an athlete legendary, epic uh, season, yeah. and then suddenly that totally totally blows up blows up. Uh, wow. Yeah, he this tied like the a terrible luck everywhere. Wind when he
2: <laughs> he <laughs> like tied the wins record for a Bruins goaltender. Yeah, and then.
0: There's never a good time to get injured, but then it just, like, blows up going into the playoffs. And now he might, God forbid, but he might not get back on track with his career. I mean, just absolutely tragic. Wow.
2: Now, as far as, you know, everybody saw this a last ride sort of season because it's the last, you know, the last 2 hoorah, the last... Uh, the last opportunity for Craigie and Bergeron to effectively win a cup with this current core. And you take a look at the price that the Bruins had to pay to try and make this happen. Here are the draft picks that they will not have in the next couple of years. Yeah, they will not have a first round or a second round draft pick in the next yeah. two se- in in the next two drafts. Yeah. like the Rams. They Just won't. Totally have, empty, they won't empty have a colors. third round pick. Wow. They won't have a third round pick in 2024. They won't have another second round pick in 2025. They're also missing a fourth round pick in 2025. Along with a fifth-round pick this year and a seventh-round pick in twenty twenty-four, so they're missing quite a few. I mean, you want to talk about emptying the cupboard? That's basically what Boston did. To where? I mean, yeah, you can find prospects in the third round, but yeah, they're they're it, it, they're going to be more of a project compared to a prospect drafted in the first or second round.
0: It's gonna be very tough. Very, very tough. Yeah, they like the I guess they're like the Rams. Just totally emptied up the shelves out to go all yeah. in. At least the Rams got lucky, I thought. And uh won one. But this is just like this this happens a lot when you see teams do this. A lot of times it doesn't work out, but they went for it. So who were the trades for the 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 big first round
2: picks for the lot for the next two years? Was it a big trade that they made this year? Uh Tyler Bertuzzi. <laughs> Wow. Uh, to Tyler, the, the first round pick went yeah. to Detroit next year for Tyler Bertuzzi. Yeah. Wow. And the first round pick this year was involved in the Dimitri Orlov and Garnet Hathaway trade. Wow. Interesting.
0: Good move, but yeah. Yeah. Risky, and you know what they say: unless, you, unless you win it all. It can really blow up. Is Bertuzzi
2: a free agent t- t- is it cool?
0: Huh? Is, is, is,
2: you said it's Bertuzzi a free a free agent? Too? Yeah, Bertuzzi is a free agent. Uh, there is mutual interest. Uh, Bertuzzi yeah. said he lived he lived in the North End apparently uh, all season after he uh, after he was acquired by Boston. He lived in Boston's North End, so. Uh, you know, he said that he wants to come right. back, and he had a good conversation with uh, Don Sweeney. So maybe it'll happen. Uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you one thing: they may need to make a couple of moves. They may need to trade Brad Marchand with his current contract. He's he's due about six and a half million, I think, the next uh, couple of years. Uh, Linus Olmark. He's due $6 million for at least the next two years. And not to mention, they also have to pay Jeremy Swayman, who's a restricted free agent. So, you know, there's – plus with the $4.5 million uh, bonus penalty because of bonuses that are owed to Krejci and Bergeron, that's the reason wow. why their salaries were so low this year was because most of their money would be made off of the bonuses.
0: It's devastating, like, number of factors all combined. They really went all in, like, and then some, and then it kind of it just blew up all over the place. Bergeron, the goalie. Wow. No draft yeah. picks really tough sal- I mean, the salary you were mentioning, like, they were just all loaded up for this year and didn't get it. Very tough.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is, the, is, is the coach safe is the
0: coach, Dave, is the coach Dave, guys or is he um is he on the way up yeah
3: oh no right he's right. no he's uh i mean yeah. f- first off he's
2: probably he's probably uh he's one of the contenders for the jack adams award which goes to the best uh the best coach of the year Coach and
3: year, yeah, I call it the best coach of the year. That's what I. Call That's it. what
2: I figured, but I mean, dude, I mean,
0: again, such a collapse. But I mean, if he's really, really good, I, it shouldn't cost him his job. Well, uh, don't let it happen. Alex, don't let it happen Alex, next Alex, year again. The yeah.
3: vote, the voting happened before the playoffs began, so oh, they okay. might consider okay. they might consider that you know, because I thought it was like during the playoffs, you know, before the playoffs could start. So even though oh, okay. uh, cool. the Bruins had this minor collapse. Uh, I don't think it's going to affect Montgomery's chance to win the award. Okay. Now here's the thing.
2: Here's the thing, though, with Montgomery. You know, normally if you were to have a historic collapse, I'd say, yeah, get rid of the coach. But you take a look at how players performed under Montgomery. You had players step up to a completely different level this year, under Montgomery. I mean, hell, you had, uh, you know, Jake DeBrusque went back to being a 27-goal-per-season scorer. Like, like we, I mean, he, you know, Jake DeBrusque was the reason why, you know, Jim Montgomery's hiring was the reason why Jake DeBrusque rescinded his trade request. Mm-hmm.
1: Wow.
2: Because he originally wanted out because uh, he found himself basically as the odd man out in, he he was essentially in Bruce Cassidy's doghouse. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, with, 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 uh, with Montgomery coming in, he basically, he had probably either the first or second best season of his career. And then you have uh, you have David Pasternak, who put up, yeah. what, 62 goals this year? Phenomenal. You had Charlie Corral. I mean, Charlie Corral is going to put okay. up his regular numbers anyways. Uh, Trent Frederick, a guy who's supposed to be a career fourth liner among many people, you know, among many analysts. He put up 17 goals and 14 assists. This season, setting career highs in points and goals. You know nobody saw, that, and he was playing on the third, on the third line most of the season too. Uh, you know it, it's just the the and, and plus AJ you know AJ Greer that here's another player AJ Greer, who struggled to hang on to a roster spot on any NHL team. The Bruins bring him in. Under Montgomery, he had a pretty good season as a fourth liner. Five goals and seven assists, which is normal fourth-line points.
1: Uh, but,
2: you know, he was most known for his physicality this season. So, you know, there there were a lot of players – who have really stepped up their games under under Jim Montgomery? And you know, here's another one: Lena Olmark, a 40 yeah. win season, 40 wins, six losses, and one overtime loss. That's, a goals against insane. average.
1: appreciate
2: that. Go, a goals against average of only 1.89, <laughs> and so a long. save percentage of 93.8 <laughs> percent. Easily the best season that he's had in his entire career and maybe the best season potentially for any really? Bruins goaltender ever. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, that's okay. And that's all, and that's all with Jim Montgomery being brought in as head coach.
1: Yeah.
0: I,
2: think I want to take that, that question back and before. Should to get fired. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: feel a little bit foolish. No, and you guys, you guys highlighted why not, why you shouldn't. And then, I need to remind myself that yeah, it seems like those injuries to Bergeron and the goalie were really the factors, not the coach's fault. Right. Um, well,
2: well, I will, say, I will say it is kind of the coach's fault. I do think if Montgomery had gone to Swayman at the end of game five, where the game, the game was kind of close, the game could have gone either way. Uh, you know, Olmark clearly wasn't being his normal self. And they had the opportunity to close it out when Brad Marchand had that breakaway. He had that breakaway attempt or, or no, actually, no, here's another one. Uh, I think it was, yeah, they were leading, I think, by one goal near the end of game five. And then they ended up giving up the game time mm-hmm. goal on, on a shot that Omar should have saved. Yeah. yeah. I think if he uh, had gone with Swayman, Uh, If if he had pulled Omar and had gone with Swayman, there's a possibility that they could have advanced to the second round and not even had to go seven games. Um, And I remember being pointed
0: out on I think on show, Steve, where you were saying they should uh, they should bench this incredible goalie. And I was like, what? But then, yeah, then I quickly realized, you know, yeah, it turns out he was injured. Just a huge, huge, such terrible timing to lose him. Right as you're entering the playoffs
2: so bad. I mean it was it was clear as day that you know he 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 didn't look anywhere close to the same goaltender that we had seen Not from all. him all, all season. Oh, like real. he was a lot slower. He was a lot slower with his movements. It just it, he he looked like a shell of what he was <laughs> this season. Gosh.
0: Did the other guy but, play pretty well when he, when he came in? When he when they changed goalies, did the other guy play well or was he kind of like ah? Eh. Uh Sorry.
2: yeah, he played well. You know, it wasn't. I'll put it this way: in Game Seven, games, oh. them losing Game Seven was not his fault. There were quite a mm-hmm. few saves that he made that actually kept them in the game. Wow. Game wow. Seven, Game Seven was completely on the defense. Terrific.
1: Brutal.
2: The defense basically packed up and and just said, "You know what? We're not giving a fuck. The rest of this game, you know, we want to go <laughs> so home." <bad>. Yeah, <laughs> time to golf. So, but, but they,
0: they really, they I mean, really we, we see play. though they, they, we played, see... Like, they didn't even have they didn't have good efforts. The defense, are you serious? They like pretty basically uh, keep
2: up. Some of them, some of no. them, pathetic. Very pathetic. So, I mean, they, they basically they got skated around by a much faster team. The wow. Panthers, you know, it's just clear as day. The Panthers wanted it more. Well, yeah, I
0: imagine that. That's a real indictment, though. I mean, that effort, you know, it's like inexcusable. I would, I would look to get rid of a one or two of those guys if they really weren't playing hard in Game Seven.
2: Get off the team. No. Well, I mean, you know, there, there's there's a few of them that will already be, you know, they're going to be free agents. So, oh, yeah, you're uh, right, you're right. You know, Dimitri Orlov, who they, who they traded away a first-round pick for, uh, he's probably not going to come back because he wants to go back and play for Washington uh, and yeah. stay on a losing team, apparently. Um, uh, Bertuzzi, there's a chance he might come back. Halfway, I mean, I don't know. Halfway has wanted to play for the Bruins his entire career, so it's possible he might come back. Uh, you know, it's there's a lot of questions that I think uh, will have to be answered this off season. But regardless, you know, this Bruins team is not going to look the same next year compared to compared to what we saw out of this year. Oh. Wow. So, uh, uh, a couple of news before we go into uh, the NBA. Uh, first off, the 149th Kentucky Derby. yeah. Mage was the winner of the Kentucky Derby this year at 2 minutes, 1 second, and 57 milliseconds at 15 to 1 odds. Wow. Led by Javier Castellano with his first career derby win. Uh, two Phils came in second at 9 to 1 odds, and Angel of Empire came in third at 9 to 2 odds. Mm-hmm. Wow. And not just that, but there's even more surrounding the Kentucky Derby as there were seven deaths of racehorses so, before the Kentucky Derby even began.
0: Yeah, the undercard. Think about that, guys. That's, that's their livelihood. But, I mean, we're, like, basically not taking advantage of them. But, yeah, we're grateful to have horses that are give up their basically give up their whole lives training and then if they it's almost like breaking an ankle or like breaking a leg if you're a human immediately they're put down that's pretty rough yeah that's pretty rough very
2: right. yeah the the uh the seventh horse to die if they, if, they, if, if they weren't point. racing today they would be put down right uh the the uh the seventh horse to die today was Freezing Point, who was going to be ridden by uh, Jockey Corey Lannery. Uh, yeah. Chloe's Dream was also oh. euthanized, who, who was another horse that was ridden by Lannery as well. Uh, yes. They had to be euthanized after not finishing the second race because of a right front knee injury to the horse. Uh, wild on ice who was also a derby contender was euthanized following an accident in training last week. Uh Forte was removed from the race due to a bruised foot. However, Forte was not euthanized. Uh Forte is still is luckily still alive. But uh you know, needless to say, you know, there's uh, the field was lessened by seven deaths in this uh in this year's tournament it yeah I know it's
0: part of that sport, but that's the most brutal part of any support I, I can think of literally cost them their lives
2: very unfortunate i mean you know it's it's if anything it's just drawn. A whole lot more, you uh, know. A whole lot more outrage. Yeah, over well, the like, over everything. And I know, um, yeah, I am more. Um, I
0: definitely lean a certain way. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't like sure. the um, the fact that they're literally I mean, leaving, losing. Their, they're losing their lives. But then again, it's like such obviously they. It's a very popular sport, and that's a huge, you know, probably a billion dollar event, what what have you? Some of these derbies, right? So. It's not going away. They're not going to stop doing it anytime soon.
2: Yeah, and yeah. not to mention these uh, the horses. Uh, one uh, another one, Parents Pride, who was trained by Safi Joseph Jr. Uh, was also one that pa- that passed away. Uh, Code of Kings flipped twice in the paddock and injured their neck. Uh, take Charge Brianna and Chasing Artie were also reported dead earlier this past Tuesday. Chasing oh. Artie was also trained by Joseph, and uh, she was able to finish her race, but she ended up collapsing near the winner's circle. Wow. And there was
3: a statement made yeah.
2: by Churchill Downs on the, on the deaths saying, while a series of events like this is highly unusual, It is completely unacceptable. We take this very seriously and acknowledge that these troubling incidents are alarming and must be addressed. We feel a tremendous responsibility to our fans, the participants in our sport, and the entire industry to be a leader in safety and continue to make significant investments to eliminate risk to our athletes. We have full confidence in our racing surfaces and have been assured by our riders and our horsemen that they do as well. Uh, and now, as a result of this, the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission, along with Churchill yeah. Downs, later suspended Joseph indefinitely as they investigate the nature of all of these deaths.
1: Wow. Yeah. a big part of this aftermath
0: So they're never, I mean, it's, never support though. It's not, not going to go away. So they can tell they want thoughts and prayers. It's not, it's not going to go away. It is what it it isn't,
1: and it's
2: honestly it's quite disturbing when you think about the fact that the fact that you know we're losing all of these animals because of a fucking sport that's been going on for 150 years.
0: I agree. Yeah, if it's not safe
2: enough for them, then it, they're
0: really—it's really hard to justify continuing the sport. But again,
1: so just, cash is king. Exactly. So
0: you know, they'll never—the big powerful people—they'll never stop doing it. It's money, money talks.
2: Yeah, that's basically—that's basically what it is—is is money, essentially. And you know, as long as long as this as long as this continues to be one of the biggest money events in sports responder so they're not know. going to yeah. uh you know they, they're not going to uh continue with the, with this stuff
1: no.
0: you know
2: it's like it's like if people kept
0: uh well look at the nfl there's a big rash of concussions this is worse i know it's a horse but hey yeah. that's um, worse is than concussions sure. i think but
1: uh
0: you know it'd be like oh would the nfl stop i mean the, these these people that are in power are making so much money they're never going to stop the horse racing
3: um, right. It used to have been a
1: whole
2: lot worse. Maybe, yeah, there's a lot and of you know, uh, also, it says here that there are new anti-doping and medication rules that will take effect officially on May twenty-second. So maybe that causes a change. I don't know. But yeah. Uh, regardless, it's it you know it's a it's a. Um, uh, hopefully these were just accidents and these weren't intentional. Because if they were, I mean, it's just a senseless loss of life. Even though they're animals. Yeah, it's really a hard senseless loss. loss of life. Expand uh, on that, as they do. All right. Yeah. It's really
0: heartbreaking. Uh, some some thoughts. Hopefully, they uh, curb it or other. It with the, with the, some the, of the uh, things they're implementing, but time will tell. Uh,
2: yeah
3: uh another another bit of news uh
2: paris Saint Germain star Lionel Messi, who was the captain of team Argentina as they won the FIFA World Cup this year uh he is likely gone from paris Saint Germain following the end of his current contract as he is currently serving a suspension for an unapproved trip to Saudi Arabia. Uh, he ended up missing practice on Monday while he was on a promotional trip to Saudi Arabia, and Messi had claimed that he thought the team had Monday off. And earlier yesterday, Coach Christophe Gaultier said that the club and Messi will wait until the end of his suspension to discuss how he finishes the season. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I can guarantee you one thing. That Saudi Arabia visit wasn't just a promotional visit. He has right. been talking money to Saudi Ar- with with the Saudi oh, yeah. Arabian clubs. Wow! They That's already cool. lured Cristiano Ronaldo over there, and now yeah. they're trying to lure Lionel Messi over there. From- yep.
1: Wow, oh, that'd
0: be huge. People
2: were found dead
1: on stage.
2: I mean, just just think about it. Two of two of soccer's biggest stars over the past decade or two, now all of a sudden,
3: three,
2: going over to Saudi Arabia,
3: and four are in state position.
2: What I said
0: before, money talks.
1: They're giving them a you know
0: blank check. Whatever they want,
2: they'll sign them for that.
1: also from
2: Exactly. I mean, that's That's what Ronaldo did. Ronaldo signed yeah. a blank check, basically. Come on,
0: and, I, and I, like people, I like people. I like people from all over the world. It's not about tradition. that. That's not. The, that's not even close to the best. Best like league. I mean, that's just a cash grab. Ridiculous. <laughs> They're
2: going to do what they want to do.
1: Yeah.
2: Essentially, that's you know it, it is it is kind of unfortunate that basically you know that's why I'm surprised that that Saudi Arabia didn't buy the WWE. Wow.
1: Because.
2: Interesting. Because, you know, they can they can afford pretty much whatever whatever the hell they want to spend their money on. If you guys have heard
0: those stories with, like, uh, like the princes. One of the Saudi princes, one or two of them go to, like, Las Vegas. They'll rent that entire floor, you know, 600 $800 a room. They'll rent out, like, 50 rooms just so no one can bother them. And they're walking around with briefcases full of money and gold and jewelry and they have fifteen security guards each. I mean they have they have such an insane amount of money, some of those guys.
2: Oh yeah. I mean You know, their their money is basically fuck you type of money. <laughs>
0: it really is big big fuck you. Yeah. Right. I'm
2: like, can I get can I get like any leftovers
0: guys? Like any loose change? Yeah. They're going uh, around like yeah, three pieces of it's,
2: money. It's, it's basically fuck you type money where you can do, <laughs> like we can do whatever the fuck right. we want and there's nothing you can do to stop us.
1: So,
0: yeah, yeah, they're they're like another level of uh, of wealth. You know, it's oil and then uh, some. Some it's just inherited too. The, the royal families are just just ble- just oozing with money.
2: Yeah. I mean, hell, they could buy out some of they could buy out some of the biggest billionaires in the world. Exactly. Yeah.
0: It's like other. It's like another level from like some of these, you know, real big billionaires or millionaires in this in America. It's a whole other level. Some of those guys.
2: I mean, it, you know, it just, it just doesn't it doesn't surprise me at all if uh, Lionel Messi does. Move over to Saudi Arabia because I mean, with the contract Cristiano Ronaldo got, yeah. Messi's going to get easily double. Wow, double? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, it's there's no comparing Ronaldo and Messi because it's not even a contest. Messi is the clear better player. You
3: know, I mean, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, look. This is the only play in the world where I don't, I think it is number two. I mean, some might have it the other way around, backs to I look yeah, so.
0: I agree, Lou. Although, although I have heard, um, I still I love soccer. I love some of the biggest names. I, I maybe yeah. I'm no expert, but I've heard Ronaldo's maybe lost a step, so slow yeah. down a little bit.
2: Yeah. Oh no, that's definitely true. Yeah, that's definitely. I, I, I mean, I've read, I've like, read oh, articles. That's we, definitely we,
0: true. I mean, I mean, we we've seen you know games and read articles. And, Listening to coaches work, mm-hmm. I know the last couple of years sometimes he's getting benched or coming off the bench. I'm like, wow, that's not the Ronaldo uh, I grew up knowing.
3: No.
2: And not to mention, he's also at odds with uh, with his team, with Team Portugal as well. So, uh, you know, there's a reason why he uh, there's a reason why he sat out when Portugal got eliminated from the from the World Cup. Wow. Because of an incident that happened between him and the manager, so you know it just—he's definitely. I, I could tell you though for sure he's definitely lost a step. Like compared to you, you know yeah. there used to be comparisons between Messi and uh, and Ronaldo, uh, you can't make those comparisons anymore. You know Messi's. Yeah. the clear clear odds-on better player.
0: For sure. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, attitude-wise also, he's not uh, pissing off coaches or kind of acting like a diva. Messi's superior, and he doesn't rock the boat. He's a great teammate still.
2: Right. I mean, you know, this whole thing with Messi, it's just basically – he had uh, you know, he had no mm-hmm. idea that uh you know, he couldn't do it because Right. He had he he uh he claimed that he thought that the team had Monday off.
3: So <laughs> again.
0: Yeah, that's like uh that's like chat chat the Cuban Missile, the Cuban Diva with the Yankees where he's like, Oh, I, I didn't know they wanted me to fly out to the game or something or, or I didn't know they wanted me uh rehabbing my injury. Like, yeah, it's pretty important. Yeah, you should uh, listen to team doctors and listen to the coaches. Maybe
3: that'd be a start.
2: (laughs) Just a suggestion. Now we do have unfortunate news in uh, in the world of the WWE in the wrestling world. Actually, we do have unfortunate news. Uh, Former Tough Enough winner Sarah Lee, uh, she was confirmed to have died by a suicide via alcohol and pill overdose. Uh, uh she had ingested amphetamines, doxylamine and mean, alcohol, according to the he, autopsy report. And and alcohol, not a, the, who is this again? I'm gonna look him up. Uh Sarah Lee. She was a uh she was a winner a former winner of of WWE's Tough Enough show, uh, before she ultimately ended up retiring uh to start a family with uh with a fellow wrestler uh wesley blake who is no longer with the uh no longer with the company yeah, yeah very
0: special. nice look. yeah uh pretty cool athletic looks like a pretty sharp woman too i'm looking her up right now 30 years old wow
3: but she, Great. yeah very 30 sad. years
2: old uh she left uh, she left behind three kids that she had with uh with wesley blake um That's Also, it says that any injuries, that uh, the bruising on her head and body may have been due to the falls that she had suffered while intoxicated. Uh, Also, uh, it was reported that she left behind letters of intent at the scene before she had passed. And uh, she was heavily drinking the night that she died, and she was later found by her husband. Uh, who goes by the ring name Weston Blake. Uh he had just come back from working in Orlando. He took the kid somewhere and came back and found her uh the way the way that she uh the way that she was found when uh when she had passed. And uh apparently there were never any signs that she would even think about doing this.
0: And the letter the letter uh the letter obviously proves that it was suicide. I was thinking, wow, this you know, maybe this girl just went on a real bad bender and got really hammered and then was mixed and stuff. Unfortunately that happens too with people where they don't wanna where they don't wanna, you know, pass on. But yeah, she left a, a letter and everything. It's really sad. Three kids too? That's tragic. Yeah. Three kids, age of thirty
2: and you know, I just, uh, you you don't really know what uh, how you can describe some of these things, you know, why someone would have that type of mentality. But obviously we don't know what, what's going on no. in her head or what was going on in real, her head. Uh,
0: it can be a real illness, too. I'm, I mean, I, had a, I knew two guys. I wasn't best friends, but two pretty nice guys that I, just, you know, went to a smaller college with. And one – uh you know my senior year, and then one, uh, you know, when we were like in our early 30s, I I found out, and they both had uh, one odd kids, one didn't. I mean, either way, it's just really tragic. But yeah, like you said, you never know what people are going through, and that, and that really, if you're really manic, if you're really depressed, that that's, that 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 idea keeps you know coming up in your head, and then one day you just do something terrible.
2: So, you know, it's it's just very unfortunate because. Uh I, I don't know, maybe maybe she was doing it as of a you know, because of her wrestling career failing. You know. Yeah, yeah, like I said, we don't know we don't know what may have caused uh all of this. Yeah. No. Uh, uh let's chat. see. In other news, uh, Bronny James, the son of LeBron James, (laughs) has officially committed to USC. Yeah, USC. Yeah.
0: Automatic.
2: And from what it sounds like, it's uh, uh, he is he is officially a four-star recruit. But now uh, he is. He will be paired up with Isaiah Collier, who is the number one high school recruit and projected number five pick in mm-hmm. in next year's NBA draft. Wow. So and, and from what it sounds like right now, it sounds like Bronny James is currently projected to be a potential lottery pick. Yeah, he's really taking his next the next step. Of, of course, everyone's saying,
0: oh, man, he's going to automatically be incredible. Well, you know, we've seen like uh, Michael Jordan or Scottie Pippen's kids. It's far from a, a sure thing. But, uh, yeah, yeah apparently he's really stuff. come along a big way. He could be a yeah. star. I don't know about you guys. I thought, oh, wow, just the last name, you know, he was getting hyped up I mean, and he wouldn't do much. But maybe he could be a good
2: NBA player. And the guy with the – Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Lou, what do you think? What do you think about Bronny James? You know, a a lot of people (laughs) thought he would just be an NBA washout, but now it looks like he may actually be a legitimate potential, a a legitimate potential uh, lottery pick whenever, whenever he does decide to come out of college.
3: Well, okay, I mean, that's one thing. But to say he's going to be another LeBron James, uh, you know, <laughs> I, a bit, I, a bit, I think we we'll much up with the gun on that one. He's got to prove yeah. himself first before anything. And, uh, you know, because like everybody thought how Ben Simmons going to be the next great thing in basketball, and what has he done since he's been in the league? Nothing. So <laughs> put away the comparisons for now and, uh, you know, just wait and see what he gets um yeah, still got a lot to prove. Yeah, a lot to prove. Yeah, you know, I'm not convinced yet. There's, there's only one LeBron James right now. If there's only one Michael Jordan, I mean, well, unless uh, Jimmy Butler might be the next one, but you know, it's it's tough to compare. And you can't really say anything about a guy who hasn't you know played a professional game yet. So, uh, you know, I hold off on that for a while.
0: Yeah. There's there's only one Dylan Brooks. too. I'm just I'm just kidding. Dylan Brooks is on that level.
2: Oh yeah, but you know Dylan Brooks Dylan <laughs> Brooks is let, let's put it this way, he's gone down oh, the road of Draymond Green at this point. Without oh the boy. Oh, you know there's no that, surprise he, he, now. He thinks,
0: he, he thinks he's man, like a sharpshooter. He wants to shoot like 25 times a game. He thinks he's like better than a better score than like John Morant. They're like, yeah, you're not welcome back on our team at all. Forget
3: it. Forget it.
0: (laughs) He thinks he's like a really good scorer.
2: Nope.
3: Yeah. Yeah, you know, there's –
2: I'll tell you this right now with Dylan Brooks. Not only is he gone from Memphis, but I would be surprised if any team even picks him up.
0: Yeah, he's really
3: just – And
0: And he, listen, he had a great – a really good career in uh, Oregon and the I think he was like a late, really late first or early second rounder. So, he kicks some ass and, and made a name for himself defensively. But now he's just gone completely insane. And he thinks he's you know, a big-time scorer when he's not. But, I mean, yeah, he, he basically uh, lit LeBron James on fire and helped the Lakers just destroy them. <laughs> because he's like, you're gone.
2: Yeah, and speaking of right now, the uh, Lakers with an eighty-six to sixty-eight uh, lead over the Golden State Warriors in Game three. Go Lakers! Lakers. Yep, yeah. yep. You know, the NBA. I, I, I the
0: NBA's loving it. it, it. The NBA's loving it.
2: It's a car- it's a cardinal sin for a Celtics fan to root for the Lakers, but I actually agree here. Please, it's a cardinal it sin.
3: You're right. Please yeah. go Lakers. How about- Oh, really no, you,
0: just, you just don't want the warriors
3: no i don't want the
0: warriors it's like pick your uh but yeah i don't know i don't know, I don't know, you know steph
2: don't curry want. steph well, curry this is evil, on Steve? his fucking high horse saying that <laughs> nobody can stop him
3: well see, what's the what's the lesser of the two evils
2: <laughs> Yes. Yeah, uh
3: I mean, here's the thing. This isn't
2: the Kobe Bryant L.A. Lakers. Right, right, right. You know, I can actually take – here's the thing with Golden State and L.A. LeBron is actually humble. I mean, it's very odd of me to say this. Wow. But LeBron is actually humble. Yeah. players like Curry, Thompson and especially Draymond Green who by the way Mr. Never quadruple Single has returned again tonight with 0 <laughs> points in tonight's game and
3: 5 5 See, personal fouls. Draymond Green, Draymond Green is another version of Dennis Rodman. Enough said.
2: Well, the difference is Dray, uh, the, or the difference is Rodman could actually rebound
3: but the difference is that Rodman is also from another planet, but that's another story for another time. But, yeah. you know, same, yeah. same personality, same arrogance and everything. He gets into all kinds of trouble and everything. So, basically, he is, even though that Rodman has a championship. and that, is that, it's just like he's a clone of him, pretty much. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. but, you know,
2: the, the difference. the difference, though, is LeBron is humble he's been humble when it came when it came to his uh you know i mean yeah he had that moment where where you know he talked about how they were gonna win seven championships in miami and whatnot yeah. but
3: i mean he's not flat out saying
2: nobody can stop him you know it it's kind of it reminds me golden State granted they have the you know they have the resume to back things up but Golden State uh, Curry's comment kind of reminds me of John Morant earlier this year when Morant said that. Okay. Uh, when Morant said that that he was above everybody else in the Western Conference and that the only team he was worrying about uh, was the Boston yeah. Celtics.
3: Yeah. So. You know that's why I don't like guys though, like that. Yeah, I, I I mean. I won't. I won't root for
2: the Lakers in any other series, but I'm. I'm for damn sure rooting for them in this
3: series. How about that, Celtics rooting for Celtics fans rooting for the Lakers? I thought I'd never see the day. Because
2: I, I would rather have a rivalry matchup
3: oh, than to have
2: to face than to have to face the entitled Golden State team again. Okay. Now, of course, I may be bitter because we lost to Golden State in the in the uh, finals last year, but yes, I would much rather face the Lakers than than have to face Golden State for with with how entitled that they seem to be, having won four championships, and you know, acting uh, acting like they're God's gift to basketball, basically. Bye, gang. Specifically Curry.
3: Oh, yeah. He is a braggart. But,
2: but, you know, regardless, though. I was uh, in
3: jail. I forgot to teach him that.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, Curry is showing up tonight. Thompson is kind of showing up. Wiggins is showing up. Draymond Green was dead on arrival. Uh, yeah, pool pool has gone back to the kiddie pool, apparently. Only four points off of the bench tonight. Deadpool, uh, you that Deadpool? Deadpool, there we go.
0: I, I do, know. I really do like kiddie pool, though. It's like he's gone back to being, uh, not nearly as good as he used to be. Go back to the kiddie pool,
2: yeah. Uh, Dante Divincenzo hasn't really done much. Only two points off of the bench. Oh, Kavon okay. Looney in only 15 minutes, but I think he's been sick though. I think that's why he's he's playing off the bench you, instead you think, of starting. You think
0: they could have used the You think they could have used a better draft pick than when they gave up on uh, Mr. Buck James Wiseman?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh... Put, is Kaminga playing or is Kaminga injured? He was another top eight pick, top nine
2: pick. Kaminga is listed, but he's not playing right now.
0: Bust, bust, bust. Two top eight picks, I think. Both okay. I mean why is terrible, but yeah. I mean, imagine if the yeah, Warriors even, have one or two other really good players in the roster.
2: Even though he put up nine point nine points per game uh this year, uh yeah, yeah,
3: he's he played he played uh ten minutes in game two.
2: But otherwise, he hasn't played at all tonight so far. I think third year. I mean, he's not, not like a rookie anymore. He might be approaching bus status. Yeah, I would say that's a fair assessment. Because he should have made the jump this year that he yeah. was going to make. If he was going to be you know a legitimate uh a potential future starter, and he hasn't made that jump I don't know. yeah now the my the uh other some of the other series that are going on the Miami heat take a two to one yeah. series lead with the return of Jimmy Butler. Uh, wow. with a 105-86 to 86 victory over the New York Knicks.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Not surprising.
0: That's a pretty loud,
2: resounding win. That's not good for the Knicks' chances. No, it is not. Uh, Julius Randle continues to be dormant, only 10 points and 14 rebounds yeah. today. Uh Jalen Brunson was the lead scorer, 20 points. Jalen Hart with 15. RJ Barrett with 14. And Emmanuel Quickly with 12 off the bench. As far as the Heat go, Jimmy Butler led the way with 28 points. Max Struess with 19. Uh, Bam out of bio with a double-double, 12 rebounds, 17 points. Uh, Kyle Lowry had 14 off of the bench. I mean the the Miami Heat, you know, even though they don't have Tyler Harrell for the rest of the uh, for the rest of the playoffs, they uh, and not, not just him, but also Victor Oladipo. It just seems, seems like good. they, you know, it, it seems like Miami. It's weird. They're kind of like the Florida Panthers. Yeah. They they have this drive all of a sudden,
0: Thoughts of Pat Riley and awesome coaching. With Spolstra,
2: well, sure.
0: They, they only, let, you know, they only have tough players to play defense and rebound and hustle, and yeah, they're really turning it on now. They can win it
2: all. I yeah, I mean, that's true. You know, they do have the uh, they do have uh, the master of uh, of play calling in uh, in Eric Spolstra. So, right.
0: That's nuts too, like you said. No Harrow. Uh, Tyler Harrow's a great player, and they're just red hot now, even
2: without him. I mean, it, it you know, it's just it's just kind of surprising though that an eighth seed against a team like Uh-oh. the New York Knicks, who you know just completely completely ran over uh, who
3: did who did they face last uh, last round. Uh. The uh, Cleveland Cavaliers? Yes. Yep. To have to have exactly. run
2: over a team like Cleveland like they did, and now, you know, they're they're struggling against the eighth seed in Miami. And by the way, this uh this game is most definitely over. I'm a now twenty two uh-huh. point lead for the Lakers. So oh, yeah. uh Lakers are about to take a two one series lead here. That got him. But you know, it's it's very surprising uh, that Miami is basically. It, it seems like they they've taken over. They're starting to take over this series against the Knicks. What's
0: game four? What's that Tuesday boy? Yeah, Knicks need to win next Tuesday.
3: Uh be Monday. I think it's Tuesday. It might be
2: Tuesday. Let me double check. No, it is Monday. Oh. oh. Okay. On game. So Monday, Monday's games will be Knicks and Heat and Warriors Lakers. Tuesday's games will be Sixers, Celtics, and Suns Nuggets. And speaking of which, moving on to the to the Sixers and Celtics series. I don't know about you guys, but I I think it's really odd that the Sixers played a lot better without Embiid than they than they have so far with I didn't even Yeah, no. I thought he was their
1: everything,
2: and
0: they looked better. They looked good without him. Very weird.
3: Yeah. Who'd have thought? I really thought with you know without Embiid, they just fall flat. But. We got yeah. you know, Harden. You know, after that, then I guess that makes up for it. So I uh, have to look at it that way too.
0: I know it's knocking, but yeah, Harden has played really well.
3: Well,
2: Harden we'll has forty-five to throw game one. Wow! Yeah. And <laughs> after he's that,
0: still, still supremely talented. You know, when, he, when he, you know, hustles hard all game, he can do a lot of great things, though. So. Yeah.
2: I mean, it, it depends. It really depends on what James Harden you're going to get each What night. he feels
0: like. Just,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> How much effort he feels like putting
2: him? Well, the I mean, Harden, things started things started out, Harden started out uh, game three shooting one for nine. Wow. Before he Before he finished with, I think it was 15 or 16 points. So, yeah. you know, I depends don't know.
3: What, depends what version you're going to get, though. Exactly. It, it it depends on what
2: version you're going to get, and also, you know, it's weird with Embiid. I, it kind of seems like the Celtics are sort of are are sort of taking advantage of the fact that he that he started off uh, with an injury. I mean yeah. the first, the two games he has played so far, he just he hasn't seemed like he he hasn't seemed like the normal beat. I mean, yeah, we got we got that out of him. Uh, you know, he returned to his normal self or close to his normal self in Game Three, but Game Two he was limited to only 15 points. Wow, crazy! I still
0: think the. the... The, well, I mean, who knows? The Sixers have been really close too, just like the self success. I still give itself the edge I think it's gonna go seven games
2: definitely. Yeah. yeah, I honestly I would be very surprised if this series doesn't go seven. And the reason why I say that is because honestly, I honestly think that Boston will will take a three one series lead. Wow. I think Boston um, will take a three one series lead. Here's the problem. Boston yes. this year has had problems closing games out despite how big oh, yeah. of a lead that they have had. Yeah. It's the reason True. why it's the reason why they allowed Atlanta to get back in their series. hmm Yeah. Unfortunately we have questions So Right. You know, I I just yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if this if this goes uh, if this goes seven games.
1: Yeah, I think it will. Yeah.
2: Now, now Denver and Phoenix. I'm that surprised cool. that Phoenix was. A, I'm surprised that Phoenix finally threw uh, a response. Uh, uh, you know, a, uh, i I'm surprised that they threw a, a shot back at Denver. Yeah. Because it seemed like the team, it sounded like the, it sounded like the team aspect of Denver's way of playing was basically their whole entire game plan for this series. So I was very surprised that Phoenix was able to outshoot them in Game Three. Yeah, I
0: mean, and now I don't, I don't exactly know
2: how this series is going to go.
0: Yeah, I think with Katie and Booker, you're never out of it. But yeah, still give the edge to Denver. But yeah, again, a <laughs> broken record, but I think it'll probably go seven games too to the tip, to the to the edge.
2: You see, I just I don't know if the, if this will go games, if this will go seven games the, to be yeah, perfectly you're right honest. Though, cause
0: that, you're right though, because we've seen it last year, and look who's doing it again. Eaton's acting like a total diva. Like he doesn't even want to play. It's the playoffs again. Remember, he did that last year, and everyone was kind of falling apart. So you're right. The, the, uh, if maybe if yeah. then next game it might only go five games.
2: I mean, this is this is this was a game where Michael Porter Jr. put up 21. Jokic put up a triple double. Murray put up 32 points. Wow! And they weren't able to they weren't able to beat uh Phoenix That's crazy. Devin Booker put up 47. Kevin Durant put up 39. And let me see was Chris Paul, Chris Paul didn't even play. And like you said uh Deandre Ayton decided to not show up. He only put up 4 points. In the whole game, so you know
3: Phoenix, is, it's,
2: it's weird because Phoenix is 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 almost just like uh, James Harden, of the uh, of the Sixers. It's like <laughs> which version? Yeah. yeah, it's it's like which which version of the Phoenix Suns are we going to get tonight? You know, Aiden, are we going to get the night. Phoenix
3: Suns? I want to see that myself.
0: Oh, and Aiden was like sulking on the bench. Like he didn't even want to be suited up, for what he did last year. I mean, brought him back.
3: So it, it, it kind of seems like it kind of sounds like he's
2: he's mentally checked out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Some do, yes, some do. Well, then that explains why we saw huge minutes mm-hmm. out of players like uh, like Jock Landell, Landry Shamet. And TJ Warren off of the bench. Then we had three bench players play 25 minutes in this game. Wow! DeAndre Ayton only played 25 minutes.
0: They're big ticket, big draft pick, big man coming up really short, really small.
2: This is, you know, that's the problem. This is this this is the thing. I'm not. I'm not. Sold that the Suns can continue to do to the Nuggets what they did in Game Three? because yeah. Devin Booker isn't going to shoot forty-seven. He isn't going to score forty-seven points every game. Kevin Durant he may get close to thirty-nine, but you know, and, and let's 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 also take into account here Durant took sixteen of their eighteen mm-hmm. free throw attempts. Wow. In game three. So, you know, it's just I don't know if I see – I mean, I could see Durant doing the same thing, but I don't know if I would see uh, Devin Booker doing the same thing, putting up 47 points again.
0: It'd be tough to duplicate that
3: again.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't. I mean, Phoenix has too many questions, starting with uh, their soft, softest silk big men. I think Denver's going to win ultimately in the series. Yeah. And Chris Paul's always so yeah, close, but I mean, this isn't, this isn't the right group for him. They're not going to. I don't think they're
2: going to beat Denver. You no, know,
3: probably not.
2: Yeah, that's what you know. That's what I would go with. Honestly, I would go. With if I was a betting man, I would go with Denver. I just I think Denver is the more all around, all around better team on all fronts. A lot
3: more consistent too.
0: And I mean, mean, you know
3: know,
0: we all these teams have been so close, but I mean, Denver every year they're so close, and then usually it's Porter or. Murray or someone gets injured. But this year like they're finally healthy. This could be their year.
3: Yeah. Well,
2: yeah. I mean, you know, we looked at right. we looked at Phoenix as a potential big 4. Right. When you take a look at the players right. after they got Durant, you had Durant, you had Ayton, you had Booker, and you had Chris Paul. Chris Paul let me let me ask you: really Has he even played? Has he even played in this series? No. Uh, actually, yes, he did. He played in games oh. one and two. Yeah, but well, did. So, yeah, I mean, granted, granted, I he is. Miserable. You know, uh, he had eleven points in game one, and he had eight points in game two, and he only played twenty-five minutes in game two. So, I don't know if there's an injury. Or, or, or what? Right. But... I mean, he maybe just
0: finally slowing down a little bit. I mean, he is getting up there. So, yeah,
2: yeah clearly, clearly, something is off about him. Yep. And
0: he had a bad series last year. He's a year older this time.
2: Yeah, that's another thing too. You know, he he completely disappeared in their final game of the playoffs last year, and you know him being obviously a year older, thirty-eight years old, he only averaged. Let me look. Actually, that's
0: old for a point guard like running a, running an NBA team. That's a
2: lot of running, a lot of cardio. Uh, I'm looking at the wrong – he has played in, in seven oh games in the playoffs. But well, let me see what he did in the regular Good. season. like Regular season, now. he played in 59, 59 games. He only averaged 13.9 points per game, 4.3 rebounds, and 8.9 assists.
0: Yeah, Father Time might be catching up to him.
3: Yeah. Yeah, this game looks to be over too. You're right.
0: Lake is just blowing them up. They're just toying with the golden dick.
2: Yeah, it's... uh... I, you know, it, it, it seemed like after Game One that the NBA was clearly on LA's <laughs> side. Yeah. Well, the Grizzlies too. And, game two. and oh, then sorry, the Warriors that that. came back. Yeah. You know, the Warriors bounced uh, like... back and uh, and blew the Mountain Game two, but now Game three. I wonder if it's going to be a seesaw effect. If if we're going to have, you know, every other game is going to be a blowout. Yeah,
1: it could
0: be.
2: It could be yes. So.
0: Again, I think. I mean, who knows? Like, I'm like a broken record, but I think this is a seven-game series, too. You know, the NBA definitely wants this to be a seven-game series.
3: Yeah, but neither of these games have been close.
0: Yeah, you're right.
3: What was the score last game uh last game? It wasn't close to either. Uh, in the game.
2: I can't remember actually. Mm. It's yet. Wait, for for what? For the final or for last oh, game? Sorry.
0: No, for sorry. For um Lake for Lakers worst. Uh
2: I know Perfect. the I know the Warriors blew them out last game. They well, did. Let me yeah, it was one twenty-seven to one hundred. One hundred. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So, no. No. Now, one close game in the series, even though might go seven. <laughs> yeah.
2: All right. Uh, our next. Uh, our next topic here uh henry ruggs the former vegas raider he has opted out of a preliminary hearing and instead he has agreed to plead guilty to one count of a dui resulting in death and one count of a misdemeanor vehicular manslaughter he is expected to serve a sentence of three to ten years in a nevada state prison once the plea is formally entered at a hearing scheduled for may 10th so sad so needless to say his his nfl career is over oh
1: yeah
2: i mean you're looking at a if you're looking at a a, at a three to ten year you know, if you're looking at a three to ten-year sentence, first off, you're going to be hella rusty after three years.
1: And the longer
2: the longer you serve time,
0: I mean, everybody's
2: going to already have forgotten about you anyways. And If they haven't that, already. He's not,
0: coming, he's not coming back from, like, a Mormon mission. He's coming back from prison. So, yeah. from a PR perspective, teams aren't, teams aren't going to want to deal with the headache of uh, bringing him back on. So I
1: was
2: just exactly. And it would be different, you know, it would be different if it was somebody like, you know, Michael Vick, when he went went to prison for the the dog fighting. Yeah. It was
0: different. I didn't like that move a lot either. I eventually started liking him, but I was like, "Eh, I'm not loving this when that happened. But this is worse. I I don't know. I think it's worse, but
2: what do I know? Oh, no, it is.
1: Uh, well, it, it
2: is worse because this <laughs> is, you know, this is the result. I mean, granted, the dog fighting was the result in deaths of dogs, but this is in the is a result in the death of a human. Yeah, no, you're
0: right, you're right, you're right. Yeah,
2: it's,
0: it's a different level, and um, you know, the PR the teams aren't going to want to bring them in.
2: Exactly, it would be a PR yeah,
0: like nightmare. Said, physically, it, what is his, his biggest, uh, goal is best attribute? With speed, he's not gonna get a lot quicker. Sitting around eating a uh, commentary, eating you know Cheetos and
2: mac and cheese. Yeah, you know it's gonna be it's gonna be it would be a PR nightmare basically, for anybody to even think about bringing him on board.
0: Yeah. yeah. Like, literally, that like yeah, especially with social media now, everyone has 50 million dollars rumors and right. actions, and they hear who's talking. And some people even get caught talking about bringing him in. It'll look right. really bad. Yeah. <laughs> don't even want to mention his name. Exactly.
2: I mean, yeah. you know, chances are he's probably going to be forgotten about anyway. So, yeah. yeah. Yep.
0: Imagine that man going like 100 miles an hour drunk on that strip when there's tons of cars. You never do that, anyways. But that, and then you know in that area, just so, such an idiotic thing to do. And he's got right. millions. There's no excuse if you're going to do that. Not the best look, but that's up to you. But just get it. Get it. Screw an Uber. These guys have wads of cash. You know, get a professional driver. Mm-hmm. But so many of them don't. Yeah.
2: Hey, uh, where, Alex, were you on? Were you on the air when we talked about Coach Budenholzer being fired?
0: No, I wasn't. Nope.
2: So, so I want I want to get your thoughts on that because that's really It tough. seems like Milwaukee. Mil, it seems like Milwaukee is pinning their loss, their first round exit, on him. Yeah, he's a, a, certainly
0: a really good coach. Like Nick Nurse, I was surprised to pass The Who they just won a ring. That was really crazy. Um, I mean, you guys might like, he heard about that. He, about he, he was dealing with a lot of tragedy. His brother passed away during the se- series, and then they fire him.
3: Yeah.
0: Exactly.
3: That's not right. So I think it's terrible. Right, right.
0: I don't know. Maybe Greek Freak or someone, you know, Holiday, maybe Greek Freak or a couple of the older guys said we want him out. Because that's a pretty, very controversial move. I didn't like it.
3: Very controversial. Yeah, I mean it's
2: it it it, it, it just didn't make it, it didn't make any sense because of you know, you
1: know
2: it's the coach can only do so much with the team that he's given.
0: Yeah, exactly. And they're facing a lot of injuries. Middleton never really looked good. Greg Frick was injured. I mean, what is what is what's Coach Bud supposed to do?
3: right
2: you know it's it's just odd because let's let's not forget that this is just you know this is basically what two years removed from you know from a championship
0: yeah oh you're right yeah no it's crazy very unpopular move. I I don't know, man. Maybe he seems like a good guy, but maybe Greek Freak or someone really like demanded that he gets that he got fired. Who knows?
2: Yeah, I don't know. It just it it seems very odd to me that you know, they would basically they would have a uh, you know, they would have a championship team and then all of a sudden, a couple of years later, and he's gone. Yeah. So it's like you need to tell me you need to tell me that you're gonna get that you're gonna bring in somebody else, and all of a sudden they're gonna you know they're gonna put on a much better you know they're they're gonna improve Milwaukee. How, uh, yeah,, maybe I. but anyways, uh going over to major yeah. league baseball and wow at where things stand right now, just a couple of uh just a couple of weeks ago, the Boston Red Sox were a laughing yeah, shot. yeah. They have now won their last eight games, and they are in one of the wild card spots in the in the American wow. League.
3: it's yeah, early. Think about that, though.
2: Well, obviously, <laughs> but it is early. Good start, though.
0: Back it back.
2: Yeah, it, you know, it it is it it is a good start when you th- when you think about too all the stuff that they all the stuff that they did this offseason, they brought in Masataka Yoshida. He ended up having a very slow start. Uh, everybody was wondering, it, like, okay, is that, you know, is this going to be a string of things that's going to get Haim finally fired? But now, things have started to turn around. Yoshida is hitting over 300. Uh, there's actually quite a few people that are hitting over 300 right now. Uh, yeah. Connor Wong, it looks like... Uh, Wow. the guy that originally was going to be the joke of the Mookie Betts deal he all of a sudden is now hitting yeah and he already yeah. ha- he already has 3 home runs to start uh to start off his rookie season yep
0: yeah.
3: and they now find rookie. themselves third really in the bet. AL East
1: yeah
0: Yeah, a lot of their lines start starting to really hit. And you're not even – you don't even have their big back. Uh, Duvall
2: still, he's injured. Right. Yeah, Duvall is injured. Actually, he was just placed on the 60-day DL today. So, yeah. uh, I don't know I, – I know it's – I believe it's retroactive, but I don't know in particular, you know, whether or not – uh, you know, whether, whether, how, exactly how long he's going to be gone
1: or that's still right. be
2: gone, I should say. But uh, he is gone for the time being. And uh, also, oh, that's another thing. Jaron Duran, who was basically a human baseball meme last year with him <laughs> not being able to see the ball in right. the lights and everything. Now all of a sudden, he's hitting 382 since his call-up after the Duvall injury. He has two homers and 13 RBIs so far this season. Wow. And, got to, I, I mean, you know, gr- granted, this is, this is me being a homer, potentially, but he's kind of looking like Jacoby Ellsbury. That's true. In That's his early Red Sox career.
0: Yeah, it's come. He's got a ton of talent. He's, he stopped all the memes, the, the mental breakdowns. He's playing a lot smarter now.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and it seems like he may be finally putting everything together, potentially.
0: Yeah, he was a huge prospect, very popular, so hopefully he keeps it going.
2: And now, you know, now they have an eight-game winning streak. Uh, they just took uh they just took the series against uh, against Philadelphia with today's win. Philadelphia has now dropped i think 7 straight. Which uh granted they did they did just get Bryce Harper back yesterday, so uh maybe things will start to turn around for them considering where they are right now in the NL East. They're fourth yeah. in the division.
0: The best got swept by the uh the powerful Tigers, so they're looking good. They're five hundred. <laughs> Yankees are, uh, which is surprising. But no, yeah, it is. Something, the Mets need to make a mover, try, I think.
2: I think the Sox can. No, make, it's very surprised It's very make, surprising, make, surprising when you think when you think that the Mets at one point, I believe they only had what eight wins. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Think they actually go back to the Sox? Do you think they're actually they can make the make the playoffs? this
2: year. Uh I mean it's early. It's very early to say, but I'll put it this way. Obviously, the the biggest weakness is the starting pitching. If we yeah. can get if we can get uh if we can sustain the level of offense that we're putting up while also at the same time if our if our starting pitching starts to get better, maybe it's possible yeah. that they could potentially make a playoff run. Uh, or they get are uh, not a playoff run but they could make a run to potentially make the playoffs. Yeah. But I mean, you take a look at all the competition they have in that division. You know, Toronto is right on their tail. Uh you know, Boston's 21 and 14, Toronto is 20 and 14. Uh you got Baltimore ahead of them surprisingly at 22 and 11. Tampa Bay leads the division at 27 and 7. Uh, you know it's it's an uphill battle basically, but right now, you right. know, as as long as they can hold on to one of those wild card spots. Wow. Yes. It,
0: it is possible.
2: Definitely. A... Was... And yeah, to be fair, that, they incredible. are playing they are playing better than the other teams below them right now in the wild card. Yeah and i mean actually you know you look at last year's world series champions the astros are 17 and 15 yeah wow so yeah. i mean it's definitely you know the, it 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 just it kind of seems like the landscape has kind of changed a little bit
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Changing up a little bit. I mean, that's it times it seems like that whole division <laughs> could make the playoffs or should. I mean, it's what a what a great uh, division it is.
3: Yeah, it's it. You
2: know, it is possible that uh, we could see we could see at least three teams make the playoffs from the yeah. AL East. Definitely. I mean, you know, come on, just just look at – if you look, you look at Tampa Bay, Baltimore, and Boston, now I don't know if uh, – you know, you could even throw Toronto in that equation for now. Uh, I'm not sure if Tampa Bay and Baltimore will be able to hold on to this, uh, you know, to this type of uh, momentum that they have right now. Yep, but I mean, you also have to look at, you know, the Yankees. They're they're better than the eighteen and sixteen record that they have right now. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: big big comfort behind win today against Tampa. That was picked up.
2: I mean, they're marred basically by injuries.
1: Yeah, they really Uh, are.
2: You know Toronto twenty and fourteen. It, it's just uh, they're 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 clearly better. They're, they're, the division is probably one of the tightest divisions that we probably have right now in baseball. So I you know I wouldn't be surprised honestly if. Our wild cards come from the AL East again. Uh, Over in the Central, the Minnesota Twins, they currently lead the Central by about three games over Detroit. Uh, Minnesota is actually the only team over 500 right now in the Central. Uh, Honestly, it's kind of surprising that Detroit is the second best team there right now at fifteen and seventeen. Yeah. That's shocking. Detroit's making
0: some noise, yeah. To they have some talent. They can they can make they can maybe go five hundred.
3: Yeah.
2: I mean they could. Uh, plus they you know, they have AJ Hinch at uh at, as their uh, as their manager, so I guess it's possible that they could. Uh one of the biggest shockers I feel is the Chicago White Sox with yeah. the moves they had made on paper and how the team overall uh, was looking on paper, yeah. And yet they're eleven and twenty-three.
0: There's something going on with them. I mean, I thought it was maybe Larusa, but well, they have like Jimenez and uh, Robert every year. I've heard. From fantasy baseball, or reading you know different projected lineups and stuff, or you know what I mean. Every year, those guys are so hyped. They're not. They're not doing anything again. and has usually injured. but Roberts, really not. They both. They both been injured way too much, of I don't know. Uh, Lance Lynn's been awful as their big ticket. One of their big ticket uh, pitchers. Giolito's not the same he used to be. Yeah, like. Uh, White Sox are just full of uh, disappointments.
2: Yeah, there's just a, it seems like there's something seriously wrong right now with the White Sox. Uh, Cleveland is kind of in it, but I mean anything can happen with Cleveland. I think. Uh, Kansas always, City, always,
0: you can, yeah. yeah, Cleveland's always going to be in it. You know that they always a good defense, good hitting, uh, good good pitching, and great coaching with Frank Cohn,
2: they'll be there at the end. They always are, it seems like. Yes. And Kansas City, you can forget about Kansas City. Kansas City is already checked out of the season, so. And Oakland. <laughs>
3: and Oakland,
2: yeah. Oakland Oakland was checked out of the season before the season. Before the season or, you yeah. know, they were already checked out uh, when last season was still underway. Right.
3: I mean, have you seen the attendance had And you know,
2: speaking of Oakland, uh, I believe the rumor is that their man or their uh, their ownership has bought a uh, has
3: bought a strip out in Vegas.
2: I mean, that's what it kind of sounds like.
3: I mean, fewer than three thousand people a game. I mean, really? Exactly. This was once a great franchise. You know, if you think back to the seventies and like. It's come down to this now. And it's the end of an era for all four seasons in Oakland. You don't have the Raiders anymore. The um, wow. Warriors moved across the Bay, back to San Francisco, where they originally came from anyway. Um, you know Now this, and they never really had a hockey team much. Uh, if you want to count the MLR soccer team, go ahead, but that's in San Jose. But um, pretty much there's nobody there anymore. So, uh, yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah, so, so it, it says here
3: that they, well, is, they well, entered... Well, 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 the Cloud Franchise City is now a ghost town.
2: Right. And it, it says here that they uh, they entered into an agreement to purchase 49 acres in Las Vegas for what they hope to be the location of their next stadium. And that also led Oakland Mayor Shang Tao to announce the end of negotiations between the city and the franchise regarding a potential new Howard Terminal ballpark out in Oakland. Wow. So now, as a result of that, it 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 seems like it is very likely that they will relocate to Vegas within the next few years. If not sooner. Wow, And it says, in particular, the A's would invest around $1 billion for the construction of the new ballpark. Eesh. And it what says the, the organization is seeking the creation of what, of what they call an incentives package for a half a billion dollars in public funding. According to the Nevada Independent, the general idea would be to use the tax dollars created by the stadium project itself primarily sales taxes of consumers at the new stadium and its surrounding area. Uh, The end goal would be to create a mixed-use development reminiscent of Atlanta's battery to pay off $500 million worth of bonds issued by the county. Wow. And the problem with Oakland is their lease at Ring Central Coliseum runs through the end of next season. And the target date for a new facility in Vegas is being pegged as the year 2027. And they're hoping to break ground on the stadium in 2024. So under the terms of the collective bargaining agreement, they would need to have a stadium agreement Signed by next January fifteenth, or they would forfeit their status as revenue
3: sharing recipients. Well, the way they put you think anybody cares? <laughs> well, what I'm the thing
2: is, it would be very detrimental.
3: Yes. To
2: their organization, because they would miss out on that revenue sharing.
3: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. It's just, it's just a shame what's happened to that franchise. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. I know.
2: You know, it's just completely. Uh, the whole city. Yeah. Uh, they're nowhere. They're nowhere near the same. You know, near, they're nowhere near the franchise that they used to be. No, uh, no. It just almost seems like they embarrass themselves. With, 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 each, uh, with each season. What was the tragedies? And obviously now, you know, between the end of, of their lease at the Coliseum and the target date for the new facility in Vegas, there would be a two-year gap between that. And it was addressed uh, earlier saying that the organization was open to both extending their lease at the Coliseum by two years or finding a temporary home in Vegas. Uh, the AAA club, the Aviators, play in Vegas and could mm. potentially house the Major League mm. team while ballpark construction is ongoing. I mean, it doesn't matter anyways because they only get 2,000 fans okay. to begin with in Oakland. So, yeah. And uh, it, it's basically compared to how the Golden Knights and silver knights uh share a hockey rink.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So you're going to be there. and also you could also compare it with uh the Winnipeg Jets and uh the Manitoba Moose. The Manitoba Moose actually play where the Winnipeg Jets play.
3: Right. So, so
2: it could be something similar here with uh with the athletics and the uh Vegas aviators
1: right or...
2: so I mean you know there, there's definitely there, there's a lot of uh a lot of uncertainty when it comes to Oakland oh, right definitely. now but there the one certain thing though is that they are they have been long ruled out of any uh of any hopes for the playoffs in any of the upcoming seasons. Uh however though, I will say so far I have been proven wrong by the Texas Rangers.
3: Yeah, definitely. I yeah.
2: thought in, you know i I thought that even with all of their all of their free agent signings that they were basically gonna continue to be a joke, and mm-hmm. so far they are in first place right you know uh, clearly
3: as usual the AL central is well a joke except for this Twins.
2: well, yeah. Yeah, everybody. Everybody except for the Twins is basically is basically a joke over in the AL Central at this point. But yeah. you know, I will I I will say though, I'm I'm very surprised that uh, Texas is able to basically yeah basically start off the season the way that they have so far, especially against teams like LA and Houston in that division, and even Seattle
3: yeah he Houston, was well he getting marred by getting uh you know marred by injuries so that's a factor right there oh yeah that's true yeah,
2: but, yeah i so did, i they, did
3: forget that was, uh was, that they've been was, dealing was, with
2: a rash of injuries yeah
3: if you have a good farm system then maybe your players that can help the assets and help the Astros. but if their farm system is you know is that uh, awful
2: then it's not going to happen well you know they did trade away two of their prospects to boston last year Uh, including one guy that was supposed to be getting called up in uh emmanuel valdez who by the way has been playing in boston uh the last uh the last couple of uh, couple of weeks has been playing in Boston ever since right. the injury to Yu Chang, and he is another player who's been making the most of his chances and uh, on the big uh, on the big club roster. Right. I mean, if I'll just uh, bring up his stat line real quick here. Yes. Alright, he uh as far as I as far as I remember, he just recently hit his first big league homer. Yeah. Uh he is batting three forty three with one homer and six RBIs and this is in ten games played so far. Oh. Mm-hmm. This is his call up. So I mean that's you know, that's probably another guy that now of course Houston traded him so that they could get uh Christian Vasquez from the Red Sox last year. And if you remember Lou, you know, I said that even though even though I didn't understand why they traded Vasquez, I liked the return that we got yeah. for Vasquez. Yeah. And we're starting to see it now in particular uh with obviously you know abreu Willier abreu was going to be more of a uh more of a project but valdez could have could have uh very possibly gone gone onto the uh the major league roster last season
3: abreu is well, i think it is
2: yeah jose abreu from the uh no
0: Willier. Okay. oh sorry sorry my bad. Yeah, well, Willie or Abreu.
3: Yeah, but any relation to um, uh, it's a very popular name in baseball. Yeah. For any
2: relation? But let me.
3: Okay, I guess I just. Yeah.
2: Mentioned... Le... Let me look. I don't think there's any relation to like Bobby Abreu or anything. That's but... what I was
3: thinking. Uh. <laughs> um... Okay, maybe just a coincidence.
2: It might be just a coincidence. Let me, let me look. Well, you're a Braille? No, it doesn't look like it.
3: Okay, just a coincidence by that
2: name. Yeah, yeah, looks like it. Looks like it is just a coincidence. Because I'm not seeing anything that's uh, that's linking him. but i mean you know it's it, it just goes to show that you know maybe if they had held on to certain players you know they i mean obviously you know they they did all they could kind of like kind of like the bruins uh they did they did all they could in order to you know make it to the world series last year yeah so obviously you know they ba- they did all they could to make it to the uh, to make it to the uh, to the World Series and they ultimately ended up winning. But yeah, now yeah. you know with the lack of uh with the lack of depth they're kind of paying the price for it but they are only they are only a game and a half back anyways early on yeah. in the season here. Yeah, and it is so early. But yeah, it is so early. Uh, let's see, one of the other one of the other divisions in the NL East, the Atlanta Braves are back on top, twenty-three and eleven. Uh the New York Mets uh five hundred at seventeen and seventeen. The Miami Marlins surprisingly yeah. are still in it, sixteen and eighteen. And then you have the Phillies at fifteen and nineteen. But here's the thing, too. You know, Miami has lost their last five. Philly has lost their last six now. So while they're still in it, you know, it's they're not really making up ground right now. And then Washington, well, Washington 13 and 20. But they're, they're in a better situation than Oakland and Kansas City, but not by much. Right. Maybe one of the biggest surprises though of the season so far, Pittsburgh on top of yeah. the NL Central.
3: After years of being in the basement, look where they are now. Yeah. Exactly. They're
0: going to flush the prospect. Now you have the prospects coming up. McCutchen's uh come back. Santana's playing pretty well, Carlos Santana and then Bay, the uh, Korean rookie is looking good and then um yeah, then you see some of these prospects coming up. oneill Cruz, they have two really good catchers that are about to come up and a couple of really good pitchers that are about to come up too. So Pirates could be good for, I don't know. They could be uh, starting to actually become really good again. We'll see though. They never can uh, shell out the money. So we'll see about that.
2: Yeah, possibly. They, that, that's the problem is they they've never di- they've never really dished out any money, but... You know, it is entirely possible. I mean, they have lost their last six games. Think about that for a wow. second. They were twenty and eight, and they've lost their last six games. So, are they coming back down to earth, or is this just a case of their, you know, they're uh, playing against tougher opponents?
3: Well, it's
2: it, it's kind of it's kind of questionable, you know. You know, are, is Pittsburgh just going through a uh, a rough patch? I think the bounce fact,
0: they, they might need some more pitching, though. That's their biggest key. And, you know, baseball, that's so important. Keller's a pretty good pitcher. And, apparently, they have a couple of really, really good arms that are should be up soon from the farm. But, yeah, do they have enough pitching right now? I don't know. It might be like yeah, of both really.
3: 'Cause eventually they're yeah. gonna they're gonna have to lose at least a few games. But, you know, the competition, you know, is getting tougher now that we you know, are entering the uh, second month of the year and it's not always gonna be an easy rule. I mean you're you're gonna lose some games because even though you want to top of your division or in the uh American actually, nobody's that good to win hundred and fifty games a year.
2: Right. You know, it it is it I is was still sure very that. hard, uh when you when you consider their division right now, I mean St. Yeah. Louis. It's a very it's it's a huge surprise that St. Louis is currently at ten and twenty four.
0: Yeah, it's brutal.
2: It's very it bad. very surprising. Yeah,
0: they got a trade. They had a trade for a pitcher too. They have five or six outfielders and. Then- uh, they need pitching in the horse west. Yeah, what are they? Yeah, 10, 10, 25 now. They blew a game. I think Detroit beat them. Someone loan the standard beat them in, uh, in Lewis today. Just a ball-breaking loss.
2: Yeah, cool. 10 and 24, it says here. But still. That is tough. Uh, NL West, the Diamondbacks are tied with the Dodgers. For the division lead, yeah, I mean my God, and you know everybody looks at the Dodgers as being the juggernauts of the West, and it seems like yeah. they're even having problems this year,, mm-hmm. so. You know, it it kind of seems like that the whole you know it it seems like uh, maybe perhaps there's an opening for you know for for new uh, for potential new contenders.
1: Hmm.
2: And who is going to lead the Dodgers? The Dodgers themselves. Exactly, like, you, like you've said multiple times before, the uh, on your show, Lou, the only team that can well, beat the Dodgers is the Dodgers themselves.
3: Well, to be to be honest, that came from one of my other producers, so, uh, and uh, that kind of rubbed off on me. <laughs> well, yeah, whether
2: it, you know whether it came from one of your producers or not, it still, it still do, it still does kind of ring true when you think about it. It does, and now it hold now a holster, I Maybe mean, just think about it all that talent that they have on that roster, and they're only five games above five hundred I mean something you know something just doesn't add up
3: there mm, no. uh, let's see.
2: Yeah, you know, even San Diego is sitting at eighteen and fifteen. They're one game out. Uh, San Francisco, it seems like they've fallen back to uh, to the cellar where they where they had been before. They all of a sudden had that huge resurgence. And uh, you know, it's going to be a very interesting season. All right, let's see. Uh, Going to the NFL, the Indianapolis Colts have officially released quarterback Nick Foles. Uh, He started two games for the Colts last season. Uh, Wasn't really a factor. No touchdowns, four picks, 224 yards. Uh, Foles has basically been exposed for the most part since leaving the Eagles after their Super Bowl season. Uh appearing in just seventeen games around the league and he is three and eleven as a starter over that span. Uh pretty much pretty much seems like he may just hang it up at this point. But hey, I guess he'll always have that Philly special to hang his hat on. Yeah.
1: yeah exactly. To fam.
2: Uh some other some other uh, tidbits here in, in regards to fifth year options. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings, they declined to exercise Jalen Rager's fifth year option. He was only targeted just thirteen times last year and he mainly settled in as a punt returner in Minnesota. Uh,
0: <laughs>
2: he is not considered to be a sure bet to make Minnesota's roster. Uh, and he will not be of any fantasy use, even if he does. Uh, As far as the Jets go, they declined to exercise left tackle Makai Becton's fifth-year option. Despite playing like a franchise left tackle in his rookie season, he has only played in one game since after fracturing his kneecap back in 2022 And also a 2021 knee surgery to clean up damaged cartilage. Mm -hmm. And also he's battled his weight, sometimes coming in nearly as high as 400 pounds. So, uh, once Mm -hmm. again, this is looking like another, uh, this this is looking like, you know, another another Jets draft pick that has completely gone into the dumps. Yeah. Uh, this one's a bit of a surprise, though. The Chiefs, they declined to exercise Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's fifth-year option. Oh, and it sounds like after not being dealt in the draft, he will be relegated to a backup role this year uh, with them, of course, resigning Jarek McKinnon. And ever since he had 1,100 total yards in his first season in Kansas City, he has been on the decline ever since, nabbing only 88 touches while dealing with injuries in 2023. Mm. Uh, and, yeah, like I said, they re-signed Jarrett McKinnon. He will likely function as the passing downs back behind Isaiah Pacheco. So, Actually, if anything, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire could probably be the third running back on the roster, not the second. Right. This one I I think is pretty interesting, though. The Lions, they have had dialogue about a contract extension for Jared Goff, even though they took Hendon Hooker with the 68th pick. Goff – basically entering his his age 29 season, it sounds like it's possible that they could make a short-term commitment to him after a solid campaign last year in which he posted the league's fifth-best EPA per dropback, and he will currently count as a $31 million cap hit this year. So it says to look for the team to get an extension done before the season starts. So how about that, you guys? I mean, Jared Goff, who helped kind of helped leave that resurgence last year for uh, for Detroit, looks like he may potentially uh, he may potentially stay as a bit of a bridge at least until Hendon Hook potentially be ready. Yeah. So what do you think? What do you
3: think about that? I, mean, I think Henry Hooker would be a good choice. I mean, he is a great—he is—he was a great college player, so I think he'd be a good choice.
2: Oh yeah, I think they definitely made a good choice with Henry Hooker. Um, yeah. You know, I'm finding it kind of surprising. That, you know, Jared Goff had looked like he was kind of declining a little bit. So I, I I feel it's kind of surprising that the Lions are looking at a potential contract extension with them.
3: Well,
2: I don't know. Uh, The New York Giants, they re-signed defensive tackle Dexter Lawrence to a four-year, $90 million deal with $60 million in guarantees. He was a second-team all-pro this year in Wink Martindale's defense, matching seven-and-a-half sacks and 28 quarterback hits while having a career-high defensive grade of 91.6 for pro football focus. Uh, he was planning to not report for the off-season program, but it looks like this new deal may get him motivated to show up. And also, it sounds like this new deal may free up some cap space for the Giants to turn to passable extensions for both Andrew Thomas as well as Saquon Barkley, okay. as well yep. as a chance to pay their rookie class. And... Dexter Lawrence, wasn't he, wait, wasn't he one of the draft picks uh, in the Odell-Beckham trade?
3: I believe he was. Yeah, I think it, yeah, it says here, he was
2: the 17th overall pick and they originally acquired this selection as part of a trade that sent Odo Beckham Jr to the Cleveland Browns it should be very, you know it should be very interesting uh to see maybe, maybe perhaps there's more coming from the New York Giants as a result of this The Houston Texans, they signed offensive tackle Greg Little, formerly of the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Little signed, or or he started seven games and played in all 17 for Miami last year as their tackle depth was tested. Uh, He's done little in the first four years of his career since being drafted in the second round by the Panthers. And basically, he'll be a depth option for the Texans behind Laramie Tunsil and Titus Howard from what it looks like here. Uh, also the Philadelphia Eagles, they signed tight end Dan Arnold, formerly of the Jacksonville Jaguars to a one-year deal. Uh, he caught 66 passes between 2020 and 2021 before falling out of favor with uh, the staff of Doug Peterson. Uh, He should be a reliable secondary tight end for the Eagles, assuming he ends up making the team. Uh, Jack Stoll and Grant Calcaterra are the major depth pieces that he'll be fighting alongside for a roster spot. And as far as the the Patriots, they also – uh, they were one of the first teams, actually, to sign one of their draft picks as they came to an agreement with uh, with Boutte from uh, Keishon Boutte from LSU, a four-year deal uh, worth about four point uh, uh, worth about four million dollars, so basically one million per year, uh, and it sounds like he will probably be used. At least at first, as special teams, probably a return man, uh, but if he's able to find some consistency he it's it's labeled here that he is he has the potential to be the steal of the draft, considering he came in the sixth round, anyways, uh I'm gonna cut it a little bit short tonight. Uh, I do want to thank everybody for joining me tonight. Thank you to Lou. Thank you to Diane. And thank you to Alex. Uh, everybody, uh, a reminder, if you are a survivor fan, uh, join us, or if you can't join us, you know, listen to the archives, uh, for the survivor 44 recap podcast, uh, that goes on every Thursday night at 9 PM Eastern. Uh, here on blogtalkradio.com slash Missy A.E. And like I said, you can also find us on any major podcast network, so iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and so on and so forth. Uh, you will get access to not only our past podcasts, but any podcasts that we might do in the future. Uh, Everybody have a good rest of your weekend, and we will be back here next Saturday night for another edition of Sports Whispers Week.